1: And we are live here on the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanzo. Joe, what's happening?
0: How are you? I'm all right. I'm fine. <laughs> great great start to
1: the show. <laughs> incredible chemistry. Just that, that's High energy. That is what 10 years of podcasting will do, guys. When, you, when, when, you just, when you, you're on that level with somebody um you know i i know your cadence you know my cadence and boom we just hit it off like that just immediately how was your day fine silence boom that i mean, that 10 years to cultivate that and create that so it's it's not easy folks we say it's hard it takes time and and, and that was a great example of it right there so
0: yes a high energy
1: <laughs> little little gym <Jim> night heart <laughs> old heart coke will beware out here yeah with the high energy so uh, sir Jim, are, Jim, Jim, that was the new heart foundation, which is.
0: Yeah, you are conflating the new foundation with high energy. Yes. Those are two, I was going to say, very distinct tag teams, but they're not very distinct at all.
1: They're <laughs> so pretty basic much- template, basic template. Yeah. Um. Th- th- you know, the new heart foundation leads me to. a, And this is not at all how we decided we were going to start the show at all. We weren't saying, hey, Joe, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention high energy and then we're going to. um, But I'm going to conflate them with the new heart foundation. But. Uh, is the new anything in in pro wrestling pantheon, especially a tag team? The new blank is that like the worst thing you could possibly be is be the new blank? Yes, because also
0: I-, I also have to correct you again. And it's new foundation, <laughs> not new heart foundation. Oh,
1: I guess that's true. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, uh, they wore they wore they like pajama pants and stuff, right? It was like
0: they they wore <laughs>
1: like Jim Neidhart at like bright green. Like MC Hammer pants on, if I remember correctly, right?
0: They wore the same gear that high energy wore. That's why I'm saying, like like New Foundation was the first team.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Right. They they paired Nightheart with Owen Hart and they wore like the MC Hammer parachute pants and the suspenders. And then Coco took over for Nightheart and they became high energy, but it was the same look and the same kind of gear. So that's why I say they're two different tag teams, but I can't really call them two very distinct tag teams. It's more—it's basically one one of those teams bled into the next, and then and, and the the look remained the same. Yeah, yeah, both. they
1: they tried to make it pretty seamless, and it was—I uh, yeah, yeah. mean, it was seamless in that nobody cared about either. Uh, to be fair, yeah. but uh, yeah, well, what you know, for, for, so to my topic of the news, and like I always remember this, you know, growing up and and going back and watching you know old wrestling and stuff, and and there was all it was quite a few of those. You got them a lot in like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. Is like, especially WWE was trying like desperately to get new fans. So you had the new Blackjacks, the new Midnight Express. <laughs> like you had all these weird, the audacious Bob and <laughs> bombastic Bart, and you know,
0: don't forget the new Rockers, the
1: new Rockers. How could I? For- oh my god! I, what a death! What a death sentence! The new Rockers. Uh, was especially for Marty Jannetty. It was still, and was, the best part about Marty Jannetty. I think the thing that I always loved about Marty Jannetty the most. Is that Shawn Michaels turns on him in what, you know, 1992, right? Kicks him off to the side. He's, he's off and ready. He's ready to go. Marty Giannetti is still jobbing in WCW in like 1998, wearing the same gear, the tassels, yeah, yeah. the fucking yeah. bright. It's like, bro, like, Shawn Michaels is already retired. He's had his entire run. He's been a pilled-out maniac. He's been the, the heartbreak kid. He's been fired. He's come back. He's done this. Now he's hurt. Now he's gone. He's retired. And you're still rocking <laughs> the rockers gear, which I, I kind of appreciated. And, and I think Marty – I mean – you know, I don't think he takes bookings anymore, but as of you know, the last decade he was still rocking the exact same gear. Which at a certain point you can't change at That you, you know, it, fifteen years in you can't now change. Like that's kind of his look. But it was pretty pathetic in like ninety seven, ninety eight when he's coming out to the you know with the new rockers wearing all the same rockers gear with him and El Snow.
0: Every comeback he made, he he was he still had the rocker gear, like every time. So yeah, very uh, very pathetic. Um. I noticed that New Foundation has a slightly higher cage match rating Hmm. than High Energy. Now, I know that New Foundation had the pay-per-view match against the Orient Express at the Royal Rumble, correct? In 90...
1: See, I don't... Was that them or was that... That I don't remember was that them or was that the, well, the, the high I'm, energy I'm, team? Let's I'm, find I'm out. Actually,
0: I'm actually on cage match. I don't know why I don't just pull this up.
1: <laughs> That's because I thought that was so, Coco and I thought that was Coco and Owen. But maybe maybe I was wrong.
0: Um, let's look it up. I will look it up. <laughs>
1: there we go. Exciting.
0: Now oh, people love it. People love it.
1: Okay, no, it, I was wrong.
0: How did I get to it, it was, already?
1: Before you, R- Rumble ninety two. Rumble ninety two.
0: Yeah, I was already on there. How did you get to it? Um, uh, no, it was Nightheart and Owen Hart, correct? Okay. No, I'm asking. You're the you just said. Yeah,
1: no, no, it is. Yeah, it's a, it, they beat the Orient Express Royal Rumble 1992. That was them trying to recreate the uh, the Royal Rumble 1991 opener. One of you, one of the matches you always talk about. It's just an awesome, awesome standout match. Uh, that, that that 91 Royal opener. They tried to do it here, and it was good. It was good. They gave them a lot of time. Uh, and 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 yeah, it's it's not as good as the 91 match, but it's pretty damn good.
0: The 91 match, of course, with the Rockers. Right, right. The Rockers and the Orient Express, but. Was that Rockers-Orient Express match with Kato or Sato? It was with Kato also, right?
1: I think they were both with Kato, yeah, if I remember correctly.
0: Sato was long gone by then. Um, Well, maybe not long gone by the 91 match. But Akio Sato was there in 1990 for sure. By 91, I think it was Kato slash Paul Diamond slash your taxi driver. Yes. Oh, I was was going to say, I hope
1: you remember that story. Yes, that was an incredible story from an old... uh, Old flagship. I don't want to tell it again. The 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 ones that know know. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I, I I could I'll, I'll bring it up at some point I, again. But um, if you
0: don't know, Rich basically says eat shit. You're you're never going to yeah.
1: So um, should I just tell him? Should I just say the story? Uh, give him the cliff notes. Okay, Rich. the cliff notes of the story is all right. New Year's uh, New Year's Eve. My buddy uh, books some sort of taxi to take us to the city uh, for some lavish dumb party. Uh, New Year's party. Yeah, that the shit that I don't do anymore because I'm too exhausted and too old. But um, so he sends me a text and says. Hey, this limo driver, this guy that's, you know, driving a limo, he says he's an ex-wrestler. He used to wrestle in WWF. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's a pretty short list of people. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what, what's his name? And he's like, oh, he's not, you know, he gave me his real name. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't, that doesn't ring a bell at all. I don't remember that name at all. As I said, keep asking, like, what gimmick was he? What did he do? Like, what was he, you know, and, and my buddy's, you know, then it, it's like, excruciating and it's like five minutes between texts and it's excruciating because I just I'm trying in my mind I'm thinking oh man who's picking us up you know what I mean like Eddie I like there's so many different dudes are running through my head of like oh man who is going to be this limo driver we're going to pull up and it's going to be this most incredible you know limo ride with fucking you know Mike Enos <laughs> you know, driving us to the airport or to the to the downtown uh, hotel or whatever so I'm like oh man what the fuck is going on I'm so I, I can't wait and he goes oh uh, he's Kato he said from the Orient Express and I was like oh shit Paul Diamond's our limo driver? Like, that's awesome. I'm like, he's Paul Diamond? And he goes, no, it's whatever his name was. Like, I, I-, I forget exactly what his name was. And I go, no, 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 Kato is Paul Diamond. So that guy has to be Paul Diamond. He goes, no, he says his name is da-da-da-da. I asked him who Paul D- if he was Paul Diamond. He said he didn't know who that was. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here. This is weird. Like, what the hell? Like, Kato's Paul Diamond. I know that. Like, everybody knows that. So eventually, I'm like, all right, don't ask him any more questions. I'm coming. We'll get to the bottom of this. So, because my buddy's a wrestling fan, so he must have started some conversation or whatever. So I get in the limo, and it's not, trust me, Joe, this man was not Paul Diamond, (laughs) okay? It was a very different ethnicity, very different everything than Paul Diamond was. So um, I, I, I get in the limo, and I go, so you're Kato from the Orient Express? And he goes, yeah, brother, yeah. And I go, but you're not Paul Diamond. And he goes, I don't know who Paul Diamond is, pal, but I'm Kato from the Orient Express. And I'm like,
0: Oh jeez. Did you did you just <laughs> did you just humor him and play it off like
1: Yeah, well then I started asking questions and stuff cuz then in my mind I'm thinking, man, like how perverted is this guy? Like what is going through your head where you are like telling people that you are Cato from the Like how many people does that work for?
0: Well, well Cato wore a mask. So he figured right, he could get
1: it. I mean, how many people are like how many, like, he, he? this man runs a limo company or, or drives a limo or whatever. How many people get in his limo and say they are pro wrestling fans, but then remember Kato from the Orient Express? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very small list of people. Like, he, if he said, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, they'd probably go, Oh, yeah, yeah, Stone Cold, I know Stone Cold, or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a the, the, certain demographic of people. Like, there has to be 1% of people that enter his limo and he says, Yeah, I, yeah, I'm Kato from the Orient Express. And they go, Oh, yeah, no, I remember Kato. Like, who remembers
0: Kato? <laughs> it's um it's 30 years ago and it's a prelim wrestler
1: <laughs> right like I know him because I'm a dork my friend barely even knew he was like yeah the word express I think the guy that wore the mat. like he didn't even know the specifics where I'm licking my chops going oh man I can't wait to just like I'm gonna own this guy <laughs> like I cannot wait because he yeah. has no idea what's coming into this limo right now he thinks so he thinks I'm a mark that's just gonna go oh yeah Kato, no 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 buddy I know who Paul Diamond is. I know all about Kato from the Orient Express. So um, then he eventually, uh, after about 20 minutes of me, of him finally realizing that I definitely know that he's not Kato from the Orient Express. And I definitely know that he's not Paul Diamond. He says, ah, uh, yeah, it was one time. Paul Diamond didn't show up, so they gave me the mask, and I wrestled as Kato. And I'm like, okay, may- maybe. All right, whatever. I let that go. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. You probably
0: could have pressed them on that as well. I,
1: I probably could have, but it was it was fine. I, I let him slide on that. So
0: I got two things here. Number one, that definitely wasn't the Cliff Notes version. Let's Sorry. get that yeah, straight. I apologize. Yeah, you you once again gave the full version of the story. <laughs> once you
1: get going, it's a good story. Oh. So and I and and by the way, hundred percent not made up. How would I make that up? Because I remember when he first told that story, people said, "Oh, you're making that up." <laughs> what kind of perverse person am I to make up a story that a limo driver told me that he was Kato from the Orient Express? That's even more perverted than this man telling people that he's Kato from the uh, Orient listen, Express.
0: So. I think it's totally plausible you got in a limo with some guy who perpetrated himself as Kato <laughs> from the Orient Express who took you on a limo ride to your beard barber. I think that's totally yes, plausible. Yes, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to, I mean, it's New Year's, New Year's Eve. You got to get a, beer, a good, good beard going, go to, go to the beard barber, of course.
0: So the Cliff Notes version of that would have been, yeah, I had a limo driver once who claimed he was <laughs> Paul Diamond from the Orient Express, but it wasn't him. But Rich went for the full version again, which May is fine. Well. May as well. Uh, because I did pick up on a new detail in the full version of the story, which I've heard like four times now. But I got a new detail here. You noted that he wasn't even the proper ethnicity. Was this man Asian?
1: Uh, n- <laughs> was-, was Kato Asian? No no no, that's my point. Oh no, 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 he wasn't. He was like Albanian or something like that. I, I it was oh, okay. whatever Paul I, Diamond, I don't know what Paul Diamond is. He wasn't Paul Diamond. He was He
0: wasn't what Paul Diamond was. He wasn't was an
1: Asian me. and he wasn't Paul Diamond. He was he was some sort of like Macedonian Albanian guy or something like that. So yeah, not okay. not
0: But I thought maybe it was uh an Asian guy trying to be slick thinking that Kato was Asian. Oh that really you're right. That
1: him. that would have been a slick move. Yeah, no. This guy was just like, yeah, some some Albanian dude. So
0: Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, that's Rich's uh, Cato from the Orient Express limo driver story go. for the uh, third or fourth time <laughs> in, the, in the history of the <laughs> show. Is that many times? Um,
1: oh, well, whatever.
0: Gotta be. The new foundation match, though, in 92, the, the Rockers match got four stars in the Observer. Uh, the new foundation match the following year, three and a quarter. So, uh, to your point, they did try to recreate the magic of that Orient Express opener from the year before. Still an excellent
1: match. Oh, very good. Very good. Especially for that time on, on WWE pay-per-view. Very, very rarely did they get 20 minutes to just go out there and do shit. You know what I mean? And, and they did. Yeah.
0: But the Rockers match is a legendary match. Yes. That's like, yeah. that's in the argument of best pay-per-view openers of all time. The Rockers match. The year before in 91. Uh, and of course, the Kato and Tanaka version of the Orient Express is is, uh, is bad company from the AWA and short run in ECW uh and whatnot. And then uh, you know, when Sato uh moved on from the original Orient Express, they put Paul Di- Paul Diamond had been hanging around WWE for years as a prelim guy and a television jobber, and they never knew what to do with him. They tried to- he he took over the Max Moon outfit from mm-hmm. Conan. Uh they, they, they couldn't ever figure out what to do with Paul Diamond, who was a, a, a tall guy with a good body, decent worker, and Really, I think his most prominent run in WWF was as Cato, as, as one half of the Orient Express. So at you know reforming that tag team because they already had the tag team chemistry and everything. Because Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka were a good tag team long before Orient Express. You know they had uh, that like I said that AWA run and everything. So it was a natural pairing, and it worked out. But uh, but yeah, they faced the New Foundation. They faced the Rockers the year before, who became the new Rockers with Marty Jannetty and Leaf Cassidy. Which <laughs> right, yeah. Leaf Cassidy, Al Snow coming in as Leaf Cassidy for the new Rockers. A failure. Uh, new Foundation, a failure. New Blackjacks, failure. New Midnight Express, failure. That was a well that the WWE dipped into very often in the 90s, and it never worked. You could even say that. Uh, Smash and Crush didn't really work out when when Crush replaced Axe. I mean, Demolition was kind of long in the tooth at that point, anyway. To be honest, but uh, definitely their best days behind them. But they didn't build them as new Demolition.
1: No, no, no. They they did a, a similar thing with LOD as well. I remember, obviously moving Draz uh, you know, into the right. team. You know, getting getting failure. Hawk out of there, getting Draz in there. Uh, that did not work out. Uh, yeah, well, at all. That was also terrible. Yeah, that
0: so. didn't work out. Yeah, that was another uh, bitter failure. So. Um, yeah, that was a uh nice trip down nineties lane there. <laughs> absolutely, Jeez. yeah.
1: It's it's a tough it's always a tough act because the problem is if you are a new something, it's probably that original something was pretty cool and pretty good and pretty memorable. And more times than not, trying to recreate that, you know, twenty years later is not gonna work very well. Like the new Jacks hey, is not, you know. <laughs> great. You know
0: what's funny? The new Orient Express, which weren't built that way, were probably the most yeah, successful. Absolutely,
1: yeah, for sure. No, yeah, you're right. We the whole time it was right under our nose. There was yeah. a new Orient Express, yeah.
0: They just didn't build them that way. And I think – see, not really though because like Demolition, briefly all three of them were there, Sato, Kato, and Tanaka. I don't know what happened with that, but very briefly, like for one taping or something, they were all together. I don't know if Sato uh, – we're talking 30-plus years now. I don't know if Sato uh, managed them briefly before – no, because Fuji was always there with both – uh versions. But I, I do remember briefly seeing all three of those guys together, maybe for a taping or two. So that's sim- more similar to Demolition where Axe of course was with Smash and Crush. They wrestled I don't know if they did they wrestle six any six man tags? I think they did.
1: There Maybe was a few. Did. I'm almost positive there was a few before they, before Edie officially kind of rolled out of the ring and, and, and called it a day. But I'm pretty – I'm almost positive there were not many. There's probably only like a handful, but there was Did a, they have
0: handicap matches against Legion of Doom, the three, <laughs> all three of them? I want to say,
1: that- yeah. I forget exactly what the matches were, but I know for a fact I've seen a match with all three of them in the ring.
0: Yeah. What they never did, though, was Axe and Crush. Axe and Crush, to my knowledge, never teamed in a two versus two tag. No, I don't believe so. It was either the three of them together in, in a six-man tag or a handicap match. I'm pretty sure they did handicap matches. I, I
1: think because Crush was like literally like just out of wrestling school and pretty terrible. And he would be terrible his entire career, which, which lets you know how bad he was when he first started. I think a combination of Bill Eadie who couldn't move and Crush who couldn't work was a bad uh, combination. So they always, they always made sure that Darcy was in there to at least get things under control a little bit. So
0: Yeah, so I think that the deal. But I have to make sure because it's going to bother me for three hours if I don't. So I'm looking back here. In the uh, it looks like uh, the Orient Express and Mister Fuji faced the Legion of Doom a bunch in handicap matches (laughs) too.
1: Brutal, (laughs) God.
0: I mean, why? Why even (laughs) do that? Yeah, yeah, they did. um, Somehow shows they did Legion of Doom and Ultimate Warrior versus Demolition versus all three members of Demolition. So there's your six man tags. That you were probably. I thought
1: thinking there was of. a Saturday Night's main event or something like that, or superstars. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I swore I that I'd was a them.
0: big. It may have been that was a big house show match. That six man tag Legion of Doom and Ultimate Warrior versus Demolition. They wrestled at uh, Madison Square Garden. Maybe you saw that match. Um, because that was oh yeah, Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Saturday Night's main event: Legion of Doom and Ultimate Warrior defeat all three members. Yeah. Of Demolition. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not nuts.
0: And then Very a good. couple days later at MSG. Um. I don't see those handicap matches. Those must have been a figment of my imagination. So, um, Anyway, there you go. Axe, Smash, and Crush did team together a few times. And then Axe kind of... I see... uh, Oh, yeah. You can see right where Axe left, because on the house shows, they teamed... Crush and Smash teamed with Mr. Perfect. They teamed with Randy Savage. They had a bunch of fill-ins there for a while. And then... uh, well, no, because then Axe comes back. I don't know.
1: <laughs> there you go. A lot of, a lot of demolition I, content on uh, Voices of Wrestling today. We just, uh, we just published an article uh, from a new author, John, who uh, actually is a really cool concept. You'll, you'll enjoy this as well. Is, uh, he he uh, went back to an old Ross report, an old Jim Ross podcast uh, with Bill Eadie, where Bill Eadie was saying that before, uh, before Barry Darcy was selected as the new smash... After Bill Colley was, you know, Moondog Rex was obviously the first smash. Uh, that didn't or Randy. Randy Colley, yeah, sorry. And that didn't work out very well because everybody knew that he was Moondog Rex. So they uh, decided, okay, we can't have this guy getting, you know, Moon. everybody was just standing Moondog at him the entire time because he just looked exactly, I mean, there was no difference. He just wore kind of face paint. So that didn't quite work. So Bill E D in that interview is telling Jim Ross that they gave him four or five names uh, to select. And he didn't really like any of them. And then he eventually he settled on Barry Darso as like the guy who would fill in and become the new smash. And the whole article is kind of trying to assess who would have been those four or five guys that, that Vince McMahon and and, and WF would have thought could have been demolition smash. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty good thought experiment. So
0: yeah, he, it was, it, the article is a lot of fun. He narrows it down. And and I like the people he narrowed it down to, I mean, Steve DeSalvo is a real interesting choice. Cause he was, you know, one of the guys rumored to be coming in the company around that time. Mm-hmm. And he would have, he would have fit the gimmick very well. He was the right size and look and all that. Um, Jimmy Jack Funk was an interesting one, you know? So yeah, he, he, he does a good job and I like it. The method he used to narrow down who it could have been, you know, Bill Eadie's like what? 72, 73 years old or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere on there. Um, can he tell us who the five guys
1: were? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I know he's protecting Kayfabe. <laughs> he goes, ah, I'd rather not name names. It's Like, bro, most of those guys are dead now. It's like most of those guys are are dead or not involved in wrestling or yeah. It's like it's okay. You could just say Jimmy Jack Funk. Like, no one's gonna care if you say, ah, oh, yeah, it was Scott Hall. He was too young and green, and Jimmy Jack Funk, and, and it, like it's it, it's not gonna kill you. But hey, Kayfabe baby, you know what I mean? That's that's
0: well, this is the same Bill Eady who.
1: They won't, they won't job. They won't job to this day.
0: They, yeah, he, he didn't want to do a job to the, uh, the Rock and Roll Express on a PWS show in like 2013. So Pat Buck was like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm not booking you then. And they, he just pulled him from the show. He's like, I'm not dealing with this. You're
1: devilish. It's ridiculous. You're is yeah. axe, And it's fucking 2013. I'm not dealing with. I'm not go. I'm not putting him over, pal. <laughs> That's not yeah,
0: on right. a, a show that won't make tape.
1: Right. I'm not doing this.
0: And and you're losing to and, and you're losing to the Rock and Roll Express. You're not losing to, you know, uh big deal Craig Steele and and, and fucking, you know, whoever the fuck. You know what I mean? All of those and you're fucking sick you You're <laughs> right, not just getting another job. run.
1: Just do the J O B baby. Like
0: Okay, <laughs> you're not getting another run.
1: All right. <laughs> you never know when New York's gonna call though. You gotta be you gotta stay open if New York calls. So
0: no one's gonna say, oh, hold on a second. I was gonna book demolition, but <laughs>
1: You I know, see here. I'm looking through uh, results and I see here that yeah. they lo- that <laughs> Ricky Morton pinned him. So now I'm not booking him because they've lost their aura. Demolition Axe has lost his aura because yeah. he's gotten pinned.
0: Forget that. Get get Robert Gibson on the phone. I want to book those guys instead. They clearly have more in the tank because they defeated Demolition <laughs> in Metuchen, New
1: Jersey on it a though. PWS I show. Love it. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad those guys still exist because that, that, we're going to talk about the new era of wrestlers as, as I'm looking at a picture of Johnny Gargano here wearing a Shawn Michaels gear. And I, I do, I do miss the days of, of, or I miss the, the current days of, of guys that just, it's, it's still pretty real to them and it's, it, it fucking matters. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate that a little bit. It'd be a headache to be a Booker, but God, I love it as a fan. It's, it's pretty fun. So.
0: But seriously, he's protecting the identity of guys who, like you said, they're either long <laughs> out of the, of the of business. Yeah. Most of them don't remember. None <laughs> like of those
1: are- guys would care. How many of those yeah. guys are going to go, oh, Bill, come on, man. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, totally. I don't think Steve DeSalvo is going to give him a phone call, <laughs> right. and, and who actually might be one of the ones who's dead, by the way, and be like, hey, man, you're hey, bring KV, man. Yeah, they, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, dude. No one cares anymore. It's actually more interesting – to know who the five guys were, then it is interesting to protect their identities at this point. So I, it's just very frustrating that he won't just give the names. Um, no, Steve DeSalvo still kicking too. He's 72 years there old. DeSalvo. Strangler Steve DeSalvo. Yeah. He's a uh, sadistic Steve DeSalvo. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a
1: lot of, of very, very uh, a lot of wrestler names. A lot of wrestler lot names. Yeah. The good old A lot of
0: alliteration with Steve DeSalvo. Over the course of his career, who was also brutal? Remember the Minotaur? Do you remember that? Or yes, no? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, the Minotaur, Steve DeSalvo. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> another guy who wasn't very good, but uh, he looked like he looked great. You know, which is why he got a million chances.
1: The uh, early, the early Minotaur uh, like headdress thing or, or mantle it was just incredible. It was, it was, oh my god.
0: Yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: The head was just Well no, he had the
0: uh, and he wore no, he wore like that thing on his arm. Yeah. Like that that weird uh yeah, I don't know. The very bizarre gimp. Did he wear a head thing or was that uh you might be thinking of Oh uh, a
1: Mantar wore the head thing, yeah, yeah.
0: You're thinking of Mantar, yeah. This was uh Minotaur. Minotaur, Steve DeSalvo. He wore the weird almost like a I don't even know what you would call it, like a a thing a black, like leather thing over his arm almost like a gun like an over-the-shoulder gun like what big daddy yum yum used to wear
1: oh right guy- yeah 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 i remember yeah. yeah i don't know what that thing was though
0: yeah i don't know what it was either i think it was supposed to be like he had a powerful arm like it was like a uh, he was supposed to be like a being like, not of this earth or right, something.
1: Right, so he had a, an armband on. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you ever look at pictures of him, I'm not sure he was of this earth, because that man was yoked. Jesus Christ. No, like,
0: I told you, he looked incredible.
1: Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, it's almost too big. It's like that, 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 like, just absolutely sickly looking, like, you know, 90s steroid look, or that late 80s, early 90s steroid look that's just absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I wonder how much Minotaur is on the network. Probably none, right? Because he was probably maybe he was on Saturday Night a couple times.
1: <sighs> yeah, some. Yeah, definitely Saturday Night. I can't think of any other. I don't WCW think he would have
0: done it. He any, would have been on. Uh... He do any pay per view squashes over like Johnny Rich or something? Let me see. Uh, Steve
1: Salvo. This is I really all. I don't run think so. All on the run. Show. Yeah, all <laughs> we wanted to talk about the only so, thing. Okay, so I'm looking at it right now. The only thing I could find is a a, a a WCW Power Hour match against Keith Hart. Which actually sounds incredible now that I read it. So. Oh my god,
0: that Keith Hart?
1: Uh, no, I think this—it's uh, the Keith Hart from Tennessee, which I do not think is the same Keith Hart. That.
0: Okay. So that, that is that the only televised match that I man has? I think had?
1: so. Otherwise, it shows all house shows.
0: Thank you, Amelia. That's so sweet. You're welcome, Daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: all right, you going to bed? Yeah. All right. Good night. All right. Brought me the Sonic drink. Oh, so only one televised match for DeSal- for Minotaur.
1: That's all I can see. Yeah, which is what's interesting though is he did work a lot of Stampede wrestling, so he could have faced the Keith Hart. But I, as far as I can tell, I don't see any I don't see any Keith Harts in here. So
0: he popped back up in '95. That's weird.
1: Good lord. Mm. Um, oh, he did. Okay, so he faced the real Keith Hart. So glad we got to the bottom of this. I know everybody was was dying to get this. Uh April 26th, 1986. Steve DeSalvo defeats Keith Hart at an event, a stampede event in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He defeats so,
0: both Keith Harts. Yeah, he
1: both both Keith Harts, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any televised now really we're, we're, these are things you do <laughs> in the middle of the night on your own, not on the air. <laughs> right now. Um, thousands, see you had any- thousands
1: of people listening. Let's go into Steve DeSalvo's cage match and find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to see if he wrestled WWE on TV at all, but doesn't look like it, or WWF,
1: whatever. Yeah, I don't think so. There's uh, actually, honestly, uh, there's probably uh, there might be some Steve DeSalvo on uh, New Japan World. Seen some some shots here that he did in 1986. All, all the Stampede guys made it uh, made it there. AWA, uh, you might have uh, found him in AWA as well a few times too. Well, so. I
0: saw him wrestle. Yeah, I definitely saw him wrestle in AWA. That's that's for certain. That's I don't even think I saw the Minotaur match. In WCW, I just you probably it just seen a
1: through. screenshot or something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. So that, that so there was that ninety five taping that you're saying. There was a ninety five Saturday Night taping that he was in, but he was, um, he was Steve Strong then. So, yeah. So yeah, it's only only the Minotaur, uh, January twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. Maybe Monsoon Classic has that one. So as he's reuploading us, that site,
0: so. that would be the man who would have it.
1: Yeah, Not, uh, I don't think the network is, I don't think Peacock is uh, is uploading any WCW Power Hour anytime soon, so unfortunately.
0: So I'm going to tell you why I have this uh, Sonic drink. There's a story behind this Sonic drink. So, um, as you know, I don't grocery shop anymore. I mean, because during COVID, I discovered that you can have, you know, you could pay some geek. To do it for you, right, right, and then right, Drive it to your house and leave it at your door for. Even though you
1: you know. used to be a big fan of it, so this is a big change. Like early Lanza was was a was a big fan of the grocery store.
0: Love the grocery shopping, but now that I know I could pay some geek to do it, you know it's it's you know it's tremendous. You go on the app, you pick out what you want, they do all the shopping for you, they leave it at your door. You don't even have to speak to them or look at them. It's tremendous, right? So, I've been trying to put a grocery order in for the last two days because I'm out of Coke Z's. I'm completely out of Coke Z's. There's no caffeine in this house. Well, there's coffee, but I'm not drinking that sludge. So um, I've been trying to put a grocery order in for the last two days, but there's something wrong with the app, and I can't complete the order. So we haven't had groceries in this house for like two, three days because the app isn't working, and I refuse to go to the grocery store as a physical person and do the shopping myself. So you're done.
1: You're done forever now.
0: I'm done forever. So until this app starts to work again, we're just not going to have groceries in the house. So I've been, you know, ordering pizzas and, you know, doing what I got to do, eating, you know, whatever's in the back of the freezer. You know, it's real desperate times, you know, and uh, I didn't have any Coke Zero. And, you know, so the. They brought me a. (laughs)
1: Asonian, it's <laughs> pathetic. Just, just go, the, go, to go to the store and get your Coke see. What are you doing? Come
0: on. Well, I'm, I'm holding out hope that tomorrow the app will okay. work. Okay,
1: well, is you're there is even... there a date? Is there a moment when you're going to decide? Okay, this app's not working again. I need to go to the grocery store. are just yeah. Be...
0: When when we're
1: when we're completely out of food and, and TLB. Okay, you know, like that, when there's you know. no more milk and the kids can't eat. <laughs> yeah. Like right now, it's only I, affecting you, really, right?
0: Well, yeah, right. I say there's no groceries, but there's plenty of food here. You know what I mean? Like it's just food that it's the last of the last. It's like the stuff no one wants to eat. You know, and we're starting to run out of things. Like the last of the bread just got used, and you know there might be a swallow of milk left. Oh. So it's getting kind of bad, and there's no Coke Z's. You know, so but but uh, you know, look, tomorrow the app might work, and then I'll, it'll save me having to go to the store and do it myself. Right,
1: which- and you actually, in in a way, it's actually a good thing that now that you've you've cleared out a little bit of the old, you know. Everything that you guys had, old stuff, it's now gone. So you're starting a new here. It's it's sometimes good to give a little space to your grocery. I shop.
0: think you're dead on. I think once or twice a year, it's good to skip a weekly grocery trip just to clean out all the the crap in the house. I do that
1: pre like if I if I'm gonna leave for a trip or something like that, like I don't go yeah. grocery shopping for like two weeks before, and I'm like, nope, you got to eat like <laughs> find something in the fridge, find something in the like cabinet. Run out. We're not buying anything new. We're not going to the grocery store. I want this. I want this fridge. I want nothing. I want like two things of Tupperware left in this fridge, and we're done. So.
0: Yeah. It's like starting anew. Yeah, you know, it's good. Rolling. It's fresh.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's not, it's it, It's invigorating because that, that, you know, then you got a clean slate, a blank canvas, you know,
0: you ever have a whatever's in the freezer night. So you have like three fish sticks, two pizza rolls an egg roll
1: yeah oh not that long ago yeah i had a samosa uh an egg roll and like (laughs) some sort of like i found cookies that were in there so i was like oh all right cool that works yeah so it just was it was just appetizers it was like seven different appetizers all from different regions of the world all together at once it was a pretty terrible meal so
0: whatever's on the bottom of every bag sitting in the freezer yeah yeah. so three fish sticks two
1: samosas an egg roll and you know what
0: you do? and you know what you do you you put it all in the oven together and it's it Bake times for each item be damned. It's all going in there for 20 minutes and it's either done or it's burnt or it's not done. And that's just the end of it. Right. 25
1: minutes at 400. We'll see what happens. (laughs)
0: Yes. That's it. So it's all getting cooked together, regardless of various cook times. Right now in my freezer, there's a standoff going on in this house, too. I got to tell you about this standoff going on in the house. Okay. There is a bag of raisinettes. Are you familiar with the raisinettes? (laughs) I'm
1: very familiar with raisinettes. Yeah.
0: There is a bag of raisinets in my freezer, and it's been in there for—I'm going to call it 18 months. Inside of this bag of raisinets contains three total raisinets <laughs> in the bottom of this bag. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The reason this bag is in my freezer is because my lovely wife Brittany enjoys frozen raisinets. Okay. Okay. That's one. I can see that.
1: That actually sounds pretty good. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. So that that's neither here nor there. The point here is at some point, she said, ah, that's enough frozen Raisinets for me. <laughs>
1: right, I'm full. Tapped her belly and said, ah, I'm full. <laughs>
0: and put the bag back in with a grand total of three Raisinets in the bag. Puts it back in the freezer. Never got back to it. It's been sitting in there for a year and a half. One time, I said, hey, there's there's three Raisinets. Do you want to just eat these? She's like, nah, I'm not in the mood. I'm like, it's three raisinets. <laughs> can you them. just yeah, just eat them? Can you swallow them like aspirin and just get rid of? them? And she's like, nah. If you want to, just throw them out. And I said, no, I will not throw them out. I'm gonna put them back in this freezer, and we're gonna have a standoff. That's what I'm thinking in my head. So I put them back in the freezer, and that is where they still sit to yeah. this day. This bag of raisinets with three. To- I'm gonna take a picture of it later. Are,
1: are they, are and are they visible? Like you can see that they're there, right? Like every, yeah, t- every time she the opens back. the freezer, she, it's not like they got lost and she forgot about. It. They're they're visible, right?
0: That's the point of the standoff. Yeah. I position the bag right in front of everything, so I know she yes. sees it. So
1: I, I do I do passive aggressive things like that too, where it would just be easier for me to throw something away or put something back, but instead I just like place it right in her face or I'll put it on a counter, I'll put it here whatever, it's, you gotta win some of these you know, you gotta win some of these battles, you gotta try at least to win some of these battles, I should say
0: I refuse, because the refrigerator and the the kitchen as a whole is my domain I order the groceries I put them away, I do all the cooking, I do the dishes kitchen's my area I don't touch laundry, because I hate it laundry's her area kitchen is my domain I refuse to throw out these three raisinets. I want to see how long she will keep the three raisinets in the freezer. So that so we might be doing a show in 5 years and
1: you'll still be talking about these goddamn raisinets. And yeah.
0: I might be able to update you on this bag. And raisinets are tiny. How can you just leave three in the bag? if there's three left in your full, wouldn't you just pound those down and
1: Yeah, that's the way I go. The go. Con- like the, the <laughs> other the other day I went to go make myself a bowl of cereal and I had like you know, when you have like, it's it was like a half a bowl left of cereal. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, what am I going to do with this? I just ate the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just was like, all right, well, I'm going to have the biggest bowl of cereal ever then. I don't care. You got to have the big bowl. Yeah. And it was like, gotta it was you off the sides. It's falling yeah. on the floor. The dogs are eating it. And I'm like, well, I, hey, now I, I took the rest of the bag. I didn't put a little bag away with, because then the worst thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put that bag away. And then the next day I want a bowl of cereal, I'm going to pour that thing out, slap my hands together, and it's going to pour some little piffy, little dumb, shitty. You know, a bowl of cereal, and I'm like, "This sucks. This is garbage. This isn't worth it." So yeah, instead, I just had a gigantic bowl of cereal. So
0: yeah, that's how you can't leave less than one serving. Three
1: raisin nuts is pretty ridiculous. I, I, I I am. I'm very often. I'm going to take your side, but this is ridiculous. This is I I couldn't possibly take your side any more than I am right now.
0: I'm going to photograph this with the bag. <laughs> it's so
1: small. Like, it's just, three, eat it, it, just eat them. Whatever.
0: In, in fact, it's not even like three full-size raisinets. It's like the raisinets. All oh, the little f- tiny
1: guys. Yeah, the little yeah. tiny raisinette parts. Yeah. They, they
0: might not even contain a raisin inside. <laughs> it's, it's just, the just the like three little yeah. – Why would you put that back in the freezer? That's my point. Like I don't understand. And I'm not going to let her win. I'm not throwing it out. It's going to stay in there until she does something with it. She's either going to eat those three fucking Raisinets or she's going to throw the bag out. There's also now, I notice, a, a yogurt cup in the freezer that's been sitting in there for probably five or six weeks. I don't think that's <laughs> getting eaten either. Excuse yeah. Me? There's, a, there's a yogurt cup in the freezer and it's been sitting in there for like five or six weeks.
1: So, so hold on. on hold on. Either. Hold on. Hold on. So she ate a half of a yogurt?
0: No, no, no. It's a full yogurt. Oh,
1: coffee. I see. Okay, okay. I thought this was like a half of a yogurt, and I'm like, all right. <laughs>
0: this is I ridiculous. think – no, well, she puts half – the kids eat half a yogurt, and she'll put it back That's in the fair. fridge. That's find fair. It. They're children. It's not fair. It's not fair because <laughs> I'll find it, and I'll be like – I'll find it the next day, and I'm like, why is there a half-eaten play fucking si- – there's 60 cents. Just throw it in the garbage. There's like 20 cents worth of yogurt left in this thing. We're not paupers. We make a decent wage. Just throw it out. The kid can have a fresh one next time. What are we doing? keeping two-thirds or a third of a yo play yogurt? You know what I mean? It's gross. It starts to smell it, the dopey fucking toddler spoon is sticking out of it like <laughs> I know, just throw it out. <laughs> we take it's like you know it's like half a pudding cup I'll find it. It's like, no, throw the pudding cup out the six pack cost a dollar. What are we doing here? We don't need to keep. A half a fucking snack pack chocolate yogurt uh, fucking pudding. Yeah, so now you got me going. Because, yeah, I always find shit like that. That I'm throwing, but the, but the, the raisinets are staying there. No, that, that
1: one you got. You can't let her win that one. Yeah. That's too ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's, that's... Okay, so she puts, she puts yogurt in the freezer as well. That, that's an interesting what? take. I've never done that before.
0: Well, I think... I don't think she likes to freeze it. I think she likes to chill it before she eats it like oh but she forgot oven, it was in there and she forgot it was yeah in there. i do that with beers now, i do
1: that with beers a lot i'll throw a beer in the freezer because i really want it cold like a very very cold in a, in a short amount of time and then i forget about it and then that's uh, trouble so
0: yeah because she eats the you know she eats the fancy fucking adult yogurt and we get the dopey kids the little fucking you know 40 i'm, I'm gonna have to talk to you I'm a,
1: I'm a big yogurt yeah. fan i'll talk with tlb about what yogurts you're talking greek yogurt here
0: yeah, the Greek Some yogurt, faye, the
1: wine, faye or, uh, all that bullshit. Okay, the yogurt
0: yeah. that is the yogurt that is way too much money. Yeah, right? like, yeah, why yeah, can't you, yeah. Why can't you just eat the forty cent yogurt?
1: Because like <laughs> we're adults.
0: Just, yeah, she's turning her nose. She's like, I can't eat that. So yeah, it, it, that then it goes in the freezer, you know, and just sits in there. So you know, I don't know.
1: All right, well, that was all on the run sheet, of course. I'm glad we did, uh, what was it, Uh, high energy versus new foundation. Has any new tag team in the 1990s worked for WWF? No. Uh, And will Joe win his Raisinette standoff? The answer is probably no, but we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll keep track uh, of that. But uh, stuff we are actually going to talk about this week, uh, NXT TakeOver In Your House, we're going to review that show. We're going to preview our our always highly anticipated WWE pay-per-view previews, Hell in a Cell coming up. This weekend, you guys I know are just clamoring to hear about what we think of all the big matches going on this Sunday uh, at Hell in a Cell. ACH uh, announced his retirement. Uh, We'll talk about that. Moose versus Kenny Omega was the main event of uh, Impact Wrestling Against All Odds. Uh, We'll talk about that main event as well as some other stuff going on in Impact. Uh, We'll talk about AEW's Crush and Destroy. Uh, We'll also briefly touch on a a Joshi match that's getting a lot of publicity uh, all across uh, the the, the wrestling universe this week. And we'll, we'll touch on that. Joe and I have both seen it and we both have some thoughts on it as well, but before we do that, um, first topic we wanted to talk about is uh AW and WWE live events, some news and notes about that. I mean, an announcement came this week. Uh, The AEW is going to run the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium on September 22nd uh, for their show. They're calling Dynamite Grand Slam, which uh, first off, we'll we'll just kind of hit that one. We'll try to hit hit these pretty quickly. But what do you think of that? I mean, I think that's an incredible venue to run a wrestling show for. I cannot wait to see that. And uh, it's something that I've really loved about AEW so far is that they have found new and unique venues uh, to run all across the country. Uh, you know, you, whether it's boats, whether it's, you know, even daily's place in, in a lot of ways, uh, at, <laughs> there was a time when daily's place was a new and unique venue. I trust me, it was true. Uh, and now they keep it up here with this Arthur Ashe tennis stadium, which I think is really, really cool. Mid-sized stadiums. They found, you know, different college stadiums that have never really been run before, you know, just different things that have kind of been new and unique and give their show a different look and feel. Uh, you, you know, most weeks which is really, really cool. But, uh, this, this one's going to be awesome. This Arthur Ashe tennis stadium, uh, they're doing it for a dynamite. It's a pretty big stadium, but man, if they can get a good crowd for that, that should be a really cool place to watch wrestling.
0: Yeah, I never even would have thought of Arthur Ashe Stadium to host wrestling. I just wouldn't even have thought of that. But it's a great idea. I mean, full capacity, it holds over twenty thousand, but they're not going to run it for over twenty thousand. I think they're running it for sixteen thousand, and if they sell those tickets, I I think uh, what was it that I read that they could open it up for maybe eighteen or nineteen thousand after that. But you got to walk before you can run. You've Got to sell sixteen thousand tickets first. I've been to that building. I've gone to the U.S. Open. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a great venue uh, for tennis. Um, I've seen tennis there uh, a million times. I used to love going to the U.S. Open. I obviously haven't been there for years because you know I live in Texas now. When I lived in New Jersey, I used to go all the time. Um, and thinking about being in that building, it really is uh, perfect for wrestling. I, I and I'm surprised that. Um, uh no one else has done it or tried it or or thought of it. So I think it's a good idea. Now whether or not they can sell enough tickets to not embarrass themselves is you know remains to be seen. You know, we'll see. They're doing okay in some markets. They're doing not so well in other markets for dynamite. Um you know running four five thousand seat buildings. This is a big building and you know it's 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 I understand it's New York and they're going to heavily push it and hype it, and I'm sure it'll be a huge card. They can't, you know, run out there some mediocre dynamite lineup. It's going to have to be a, a huge, you know, near pay-per-view quality show that they do in a building like that, unless they want to embarrass themselves on national TV. But, uh, but no, a great idea outside the box, like you said. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 the point that you always make. They it's good that they don't run these cookie cutter venues all the time. These uh, basketball arenas in every city that look exactly the same. Right. And
1: that's not, I mean, unfortunately to WWE's, you know, detriment in a lot of ways. Not that WWE would really shake things up too much with, you know, venues that, that they run. And we'll talk about that here in a bit. But, you know, they need to run the big arena in every single town. And that makes sense. Like, there's no reason not to when you're going to sell... Uh, that amount of tickets or whatever so it makes all the sense in the world it's just it's a a twofold problem is like you know WWE's production has looked the same for the last 20 years or whatever and the other part too is every cookie cutter hockey basketball arena in America is all exactly the same now every single arena with any sort of character any unique you know attributes has basically been either renovated or knocked down and now it's three decks with a video ribbon between the two decks and it's all entrance is always in the same place the seats always look the same like nothing has changed between any I mean you can go from six Cincinnati to Chicago to Los Angeles to Anna. I mean, they all look exactly the same with almost no difference. So that, that that's what unfortunately kind of sucks about that is is is—is—is that WWE has to sort of run the big arena in every single city. And they just all look like shit and they all look terrible. So it's actually to AEW's credit that they're not at that level yet. And they can run these kind of interesting, unique, you know, you know different arenas all across the country.
0: Well, WWE doesn't do themselves any favors because then they intentionally make everything look the yes, same. Yes, right with the same uh setup, the same ringside setup and the same black barricade and the mats and the same entranceway. So, no matter where Raw or SmackDown is, it looks exactly the same as the place it was the week before and it really just adds to the homogenized boring feel of their TV. You know, and I think it would be best served for them to to maybe change that up. But look, we've been screaming about the look of WWE TV and how it's largely been the same for you know, 15, 20 years now, and they just don't care. It's just that's, you know, that's the way they approach things, and I don't think they're going to change that. I think they like that it looks exactly the same every week. They like that consistency that bores the shit out of of the rest of us. So, uh, yeah, it's good that, again, as I've always said, when it comes to everything AEW, my opinion is, if you're doing something differently than WWE is doing it, that's positive. Yep. Right down to the look of your TV, anything they can do that's different than the other guys is what they should be doing. So the fact that their TV looks a little different. And I talked a few weeks ago how the first time they were in Daly's place, I was like, wow, this is a cool venue. They should come back here more often. And little did I know they'd be there. For <laughs> they'd a be there
1: yeah, quite a while. Yeah.
0: But I was like, this could be sort of it's in Jacksonville. It has a unique look. It's, it's you know, for whatever the fighter fest or whatever it was that was there. I was like, this could kind of be their, their, and, and, you know, that ended up being prophetic. It ended up becoming their sort of uh tent pole location, but not in the way that we ever thought it would have, but, but yeah, this will be another unique venue. Um, and we'll see. Cause aren't they running Nork just a couple of weeks before or a couple uh, or a week before? Yes. Like
1: yeah. I forget exactly so, the, the, the date, but yeah, they're, they're, they're running some, some unique places all across the, the country.
0: Okay. So, so in that part of the country, and remember, I'm from there. You can get away with that. Okay. Because WWE would run house shows in the Meadowlands and MSG and Nassau, which are all driving distance from one another. And when they were hot, they would do well on all of them and they would run them, you know, fairly, I don't know, a week apart necessarily. But so you can do it because there's enough people in that area of the country to support two shows a week apart. Okay. And a lot of people in New Jersey won't go to Queens. And a lot of people in Queens aren't don't, don't want to come to New Jersey. That's the other thing, too. Like, there's a lot of people who are averse to traveling between the city and New Jersey as well. So you, you, can, you can pull that off. But can AEW pull that off right now? Big buildings – that close together something like a week apart
1: yeah September September 15th they're they're running Prudential Center so that's that's a big big building in New York New York as well a basketball arena yeah
0: so, and that was a big show they were going to run right before the pandemic, and it would have, it was going to crush it. But don't they already have like 9,000 tickets sold or something for that? I
1: forget exactly what's going on with that. Yeah. We're, we're you know, we're, as as of this, you know, recording, we're still getting like news and reports and stuff of, of these different companies trying to kind of figure it out. Because last week, uh, the report from Dave Meltzer was that, you know, ticket sales were pretty slow for, for both, with, you know, AEW, uh, you know, doing a little bit better than WWE was. But now it, it seems like WWE maybe has recovered a little bit, or at least their television tapings are doing well. And it does seem like AEW overall. Uh, is doing okay in terms of uh, ticket sales. But I guess we'll probably find out a little bit more this week in the, in, in the Wrestling Observer. I'm sure Dave uh, has has been given information by...
0: Well, it changes daily. I <laughs> yeah. mean, my they weren't doing well. Like Miami, they weren't doing well, but Miami's a hard town to draw in, period. Um, But they were doing better, AEW anyway, in, in some of these cities. Now, WWE, that first run of shows in Texas was doing well. But the follow up shows for both Raw and Smackdown were not doing well at all, and the house shows were not doing well at all and in a lot of those arenas it's uh they haven't even opened up any anything in the uh in the upper decks yet because they haven't even sold all of the floor seating yet, and that's for some of the TVs for some of the raws and Smackdowns and the Smackdowns are doing a little bit worse than the raws, and the house shows are doing terrible and I know a lot of people are pointing to the ticket prices, but I mean well that's on them i mean don't you know, then then they need to learn a fucking lesson <laughs> that's here. A and bad
1: understand. Thing. That doesn't, I love, I love seeing that. Well, the tickets are expensive. Well, that's a terrible excuse. If I run a business and nobody buys my hamburgers because they're too expensive, I don't go, well, they're just expensive. So sorry. I don't know what, I'm, like I lower my prices, right? Like I don't just say, well, I don't know, guys. They're expensive. What do you want me to do? <laughs>
0: like, no, it's, well, it's, how it's, come that's how a come, negative?
1: That's not good. <laughs> like,
0: well, how come UFC's tickets are twice as expensive and they sell out every show they have?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I just went to a, a nearly sold out White Sox game a few days ago and paid much more than I paid uh, two years ago to go to a White Sox game. So
0: how come boxing has people hanging from the rafters? The Canelo fight and everything else. I mean, I so I don't want to hear. It well, I'm sure. I'm sure
1: the, these uh, NBA playoff games, right. including this one that's going on right now, for the gigantic sold out crowd. I'm sure those tickets were really, really cheap as well. Really, just bottom of the barrel tickets through those so.
0: So, I mean, and, and they didn't have any problems selling SummerSlam tickets. SummerSlam's doing great.
1: Yeah, SummerSlam and Money in the Bank did, are, have done really, really well. I, I know Money in the Bank has still got a few tickets available for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, people are going to pay premium prices or pretty high prices to go to a pay-per-view, to go to a Money in the Bank and go to a SummerSlam. But, yeah, you're, you're running the mill well, house show? Like, not so much. Yeah.
0: Or, or, which is kind of set me up for the next point I'm going to make, for your shitty TV that sucks that nobody likes. That's the problem here. Okay? The pay-per-views are doing well. SummerSlam uh, killed it. Dynamite is doing better than Raw and SmackDown. It's because Raw and SmackDown stink. Who wants to pay $300 for a front row ticket to go to a SmackDown taping where half of the show is going to be Roman and the Usos doing community theater on the big screen?
1: Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, I, 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 I swore off going to Raw. I forget the last Raw that I went to was the one – you might remember this one. It's the one where they teased that CM Punk was going to come back and then Heyman came out to his music and – uh, and, and that sort of, I, I don't know if you remember that one. It was back in twenty. 20- 14 or something like that, I forget exactly the year uh, and it was just, it was terrible, it's just an awful awful experience to be live in that arena for three hours of taping and it's just, it's, yeah, it's awful it's a terrible live experience, just absolutely horrendous yeah. uh, live experience to, to try to go to one of those TV tapings, so yeah I, I when I left that, you know, I left the Allstate Arena on that day, I said I am never going to another Raw, Smackdown or anything and honestly, I went to a Dynamite, that wasn't really the best time either, like I went to Revolution, that was incredible, but yeah, I went to a Dynamite, and it, you know it was kind of the same thing, I was like, eh I think I'm done with TV tapings in general. I just I find no interest whatsoever in going to live TV tapings. So,
0: but it, it isn't even that. Like, yeah, TV tapings are fucking miserable. I'm right with you. I'll never go to one. But again. But raw TV
1: tapings in 2021. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, but raw or SmackDown yeah, right now. I, that's got to be,
1: be yeah. It's it's not much confidence in, in in going to a TV taping for SmackDown right now. So.
0: So, I mean, that tells you right there that people, you know, it's like they're buying the pay per views because they feel like they're going to get value out of that expensive ticket by going to SummerSlam or going to, uh, what was the other one you said was selling well? Uh, money in the Bank. Um, money in the Bank. Yeah, because I like, right, this is a pay per view. I'm going to get action. Okay. I don't have to look at the fucking video board for, you know, uh, a third of the two hours that I'm sitting there for SmackDown, which is what, uh, y- you know, which is what the TV is right now. It's, and, and Raw is just atrocious. It's so bad. SmackDown has no roster. SmackDown has like 12 male wrestlers and, and four or five female wrestlers on the roster right now. It's just completely built around Roman and the Usos cutting promos on each other in the back while Paul Heyman makes goofy faces. Who's paying for that? Especially these premium prices. So, you know, maybe they'll lower the prices or maybe, uh, you know, they, they won't care if they, if they don't open up the upper decks and They just want to make that money back and charge the premium. I don't know. It seems like they've overpriced the market. Um, AW, it seems like it's going to depend on the town. Uh, Gerard uh, from the site, he's in the No Dopes chat room. It was 9,000 tickets sold in Prudential Center. 2,000 people have asked for refunds. Okay. So they've still got 7,000 tickets out there, presumably, of people who are going to show up. So, Prudential Center. Even if they don't sell another ticket, they can make that look okay on TV. But you have to figure as we get closer to that, they'll probably crawl up and uh, at least sniff ten thousand minimum. They could get ten thousand if they've got seven thousand already. They had nine thousand originally. Maybe some of those people who asked for refunds now that the show's happening will buy, will rebuy the tickets. I think they could do ten thousand. The question is, the following
1: week, right? Because then you- you're asking, yeah, you're you're not asking the same people, but you're asking the same. Overall, general metropolitan region to also come back now another you know another two weeks and and, and, and not only not ten thousand I mean presumably even more than that come to the Arthur Ashe Stadium so that's tough
0: and again you can do it in that part of the country you can but it it doesn't mean it's it's still not a challenge uh, the hardcores are going to go to both the hardcore AEW fan is going to go to both of those shows did,
1: did uh, you say that Miami was not doing well for AEW or is it has it started? that's what well I heard there. if
0: you have new information no
1: I no I well it, again I was going to make a general point about that is that it's not obviously you can't compare it exactly to the you know the New York New Jersey region because that's just completely different but I do wonder if there's something to be said that a lot of the people that live in Miami that would presumably go to that show have at some point just said Oh fuck it I'll go to Jacksonville for a show or I'll, I'll do a day trip or something like that I'll make the uh, long
0: ass drive to Jacksonville right and maybe they've
1: already been to an AEW show maybe they've they've gotten their their fix in or a little bit and then now yeah, they're coming to town and it's like yeah but Miami's Miami's a tough town for anything because you have to compete with it's fucking Miami and there's plenty of yeah. other stuff to do in Miami besides go to a wrestling show. So, um,
0: no, uh, I mean, even pro sports teams that play in Miami have struggled to draw in Miami because yeah, even, even when they're good, right? I mean, it's, it's always been a struggle. Yeah, so, so it could be,
1: it could be one of those things. It could be, you know, the general Metro giant area has just said, ah, fuck it. I'll make the drive or I'll make the, you know, the quick flight or whatever to Jacksonville or it's just, it's Miami and it's a tough venue to, to run anyway. So,
0: yeah, uh, but, um. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to track. I mean, we all thought that when the pandemic ended, people would be real hungry to go to things. And they've been hungry to go to some things, but apparently not wrestling. So it seems like the big ticket events, though, uh, your pay-per-views, your big, uh, your big boxing events, uh, your, your NBA playoff games, things like that. You know, some of these regular season baseball games are killing it, too, though. I mean, the Dodgers just had 40,000 people in Dodger Stadium the other night for their first full capacity game. Um, so, I mean, and I guess that was a gimmick too, because it was their first full capacity. So your big ticket events, people are selling them out, but uh, your rank and file games like, you know, Reds versus Brewers on a Wednesday night, you know, there might be 12,000 people there. They're not packing them in every night, uh, for these regular season games. But, uh, I guess for AW and WWE, these television tapings are sort of your regular season games. Whereas uh, your pay-per-views and maybe your special events going to New York area for the first time are, are doing better because those are seen as as big ticket events. Yeah. I don't know.
1: No, it's yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably there's probably something to do that, and I think it's just in general, and and I think there's just so much. I mean, now for all of us, it's like the world is reopened again, and you really have to kind of think about, okay, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? Who am I going to go see? What am I going to do? You know, uh, there's, there's all this stuff that's opened up to you that you probably have not done in a year and year and a half or whatever. So, you, you know, and I think that speaks to your larger point about wrestling is it's like, all right, look, I'll, I'll pay, you know, oh my God, I haven't gone to a White Sox game in years. So I'm going to go to that. I haven't gone to an NBA playoff game in in, in, in a long time. I haven't gone to, you know, uh, this or that or the movie, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And you, you're thinking of all the stuff that you haven't done. And, and, you know, wrestling is, is it's competing with that. It's competing with, Everything. I mean, everybody now can do anything they want to do, you know, and they haven't been able to do that uh, in a year and a half. So, yeah, if you're not a premium, if, if you aren't seen as like a kind of a premium entertainment option, uh, it's going to be tough. You're competing with everything. You're competing with life. You know, like the, the people aren't bored of anything right now. They, they're Everything is. Hey, I haven't seen this person in years. I haven't been to this bar in years. I haven't been to this city and I haven't traveled. I haven't done this. I haven't. Done. There's so much that people haven't done that. Yeah, you're competing not only with other entertainment properties and all the other sports, but like life. Yeah, you're competing with everything. So it, it's, you know, you have to be premium. You have to really bring it. And, and I think that's probably, yeah, why we're seeing SummerSlam and Money in the Bank and those sort of things that are, okay, this is a big-time event that I know I'm going to see big-time matches and big-time people or whatever. But, yeah, your, your, your regular season game, your, your, you know, just lowly, you know, last-place teams facing off with one another, you know, MLB game or, or, you know, your AEW Dynamite taping or Raw taping. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, do I want to spend $100 to go to that when there's so many other things I could be doing with my life right now?
0: Yeah, so um, I guess it's just something to track moving forward, um, and, and I, I'm real interested to see how those two shows a week apart in the same sort of uh, metropolitan area do. Um, but it, 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 are you surprised that only 2,000 people asked for refunds this whole time?
1: A little bit, yeah. That's 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 strange. I mean, I wonder if there's just people that just forgot or didn't give it. I feel like I, I mean, I, I definitely had concert tickets and stuff that I would like. I, you know, I, I asked for refunds. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, am I ever gonna go to the show again? So yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I find it hard to believe that there'd be that few of people that would, would say, hey, yeah, give me my money back. Um, I don't know. That that's strange. Yeah, it's a, it's a very low percentage.
0: You ready for a tremendous segue? Yeah, go ahead. NXT staying in the Capitol Wrestling Center. Oh
1: yes, sure. they are. Yes, they are. Going on the road. So, which, uh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this takeover show <laughs> oh god i i don't know how many more of these i can do i just don't i don't know how many more takeovers i can do in the capitol wrestling center
0: wasn't that bad right
1: it was an okay show it's just oh my god it's so the atmosphere is horrendous it's so loud it's just so bright i'm just sick of vic joseph screaming at me i'm sick of the glamazon screaming at me I'm sick of Wade Barrett screaming at me. I'm sick of wrestlers cosplaying as other famous wrestlers, or actual famous wrestlers, I should say. I'm sick of guys getting run into the barricades. I'm sick of thousand-year-old Chinese women killing people. There's just a, it's tough. It's a tough watch these days.
0: It's just, um, NXT just feels like overproduced, manufactured. Uh, there's no charm. There's no heart. Um, it's it's just a juiced up work rate version of Raw and SmackDown is what it is and yet you know is it time to apologize tomorrow Ronaldo? because it sure seems like screaming announcers is a directive in NXT
1: yeah I don't know what did he kind of start it did they kind of realize hey this is good and we need to do this more or yeah is it chicken or egg I, I don't know I don't know but uh,
0: you know because the three dopes they have in there now just will not stop oh, screaming and and Wade Barrett did not do that on Power. He just he just called matches, so that's not his style. I mean, we've heard him call matches before, yeah. so I kind of feel like the screaming announcers is part of the whole vibe that they want down there. It's not good.
1: It's so not good. It's 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 really it's, it, I, it, it's unlistenable. It, it is. It's gotten me to the point where I think I might be better off just muting. The takeovers and it was all—it's like been a joke for a while that they're. But I mean, this—it's gotten worse. It's gotten so bad. And how many times, you know, anytime they go outside the ring because they're screaming so fucking much, you hear this like feedback loop because like Vic Joseph is yelling and the camera mics are picking up his yelling while his mic is picking up his yelling. It's like from a production standpoint, it's not even good anymore. The yelling is—it's a detriment to the production because they're yelling so much.
0: Well, then they have like a hundred. Then they have a couple hundred fans in there that are genuinely reacting.
1: Yeah, oh, they don't give a shit, though. They're they're hitting the... If you think the fucking cheer boo buttons are going away, you are so wrong.
0: Right, because on top of that, you've got the announcers screaming, you've got the few fans that are in there uh, making crowd noise, and then they're still piping in crowd noise, too. And it's just this explosion of annoying sound when you watch NXT. I may have said it last week, I can't remember, but... I watch NXT every week and sometimes I have to take a break like halfway through the show. I'm like, I can't, this show's exhausting to watch. It's just a sensory overload. I know it sounds weird and it's just a TV show, but I think you understand what I mean. Like, it's just like, I need a break from them. Yeah. Sometimes I'll mute it. I just need a break from it. It's like, it's so overwhelming NXT sometimes, but I think that's the vibe that they're trying to create. And I think if, that that they like this Capitol Wrestling Center and I think that they like that they can uh, control that type of atmosphere. And and I think they want... And all this stuff that we're complaining about, I think they like it and they want the show to feel oh, like. Oh, they have it.
1: to. I mean, there's no way that, that that this isn't controlled. I mean, this is exactly the, the way they want it to be. and And, and that's actually what makes it a little bit worse for me. Whereas the Moro thing just felt like he was just organically screaming because he was excited or whatever. And it was, it got annoying and it got, it became a little too much, but it was kind of a meme at a certain point, but at least, you know, you had him screaming and the other guys were, were a little bit more low key. And it just, you could sell that this man was excited about what he was watching and, and, and largely what he was commentating on was pretty damn exciting. So we get it, but, but yeah, it, it is clearly turned into just like, like you said, just overly man, every second of takeover, is just, I mean, just like WWE, just like Raw, just like SmackDown, just like everything, and, and maybe even do a worse than those. It's just everything is just, it's done for you know. Just there's noise and there's lights and there's colors and there's screaming and there's it's just it's too much. It's so much and it's it, it, it's just a completely overwhelming inorganic product that 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 just feels devoid of of any actual genuine emotion. It's 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 you're watching. Things do something while a bunch of people are screaming at you. It's just, it's so bizarre. And
0: and while they're screaming and yelling and trying to make everything feel super important, nothing feels
1: important. No, no.
0: Nothing feels meaningful. I watch these takeovers now, and they do nothing for me because I couldn't possibly give a shit who wins or loses any of these matches. It's just they exist. I know that technically I'm watching "quote unquote good wrestling, but it's impossible to have any emotional investment. And then it just it's like you're kind of just glazed over dead behind the eyes watching this. No, stuff. It, it's
1: it's true cuz you know I, I, I you know I'm, i try to when I'm watching an NXT or something like that or watching a major show, I try to go on to grapple or try to, you know, log my star ratings. When it was I didn't I don't I don't have any star ratings for any of these matches. Cuz when they were done, I was just like, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, it was it good? I think so. I don't know. I didn't really feel any. Like I just, right. I don't know what I'm watching. And I have no. I'm not playing on my phone either. Like I'm trying to focus because that's what I do. You know, I try to not play on the phone. I try to just sit there and focus. When well, they're done. I'm just like I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I like that match or not. I don't know what I'm watching anymore. It's just, it's yeah. so strange. I, I and then I'm trying to think. Okay, what do I give? You know, what stars do I give? L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes, and it's like I, I don't know. Like what do I? I don't know what to do with it anymore. So I just didn't. I just said fuck it. I'm not giving these match star ratings anymore. It doesn't. It, it it's it's so strange. It's so weird. I can't believe we've gotten here. You know, from two years ago, yeah. even two three years ago, when NXT takeovers were fantastic, and we used to come out of the show every single month and say, ne- or every single you know quarter and say, never ever bet against an NXT takeover. It's the safest bet in wrestling. Is that an NXT takeover for two hours? You're going to see one of the best wrestling events you'll see that quarter or that month or that you know season or whatever. And it was it it was true for years. It was true. And now I'm watching this thing and I'm like, dude, I have no thoughts about anything. I have no, no reactions to who won or lost. No reaction to what's going to move ahead in the story. No reaction to who's being pushed and who's doing what. It's just like, who cares? Whatever. It's just something. It's just things. It's just things happening. As I said, it's things happening in a warehouse while people yell at you. And, and I guess it kind of resembles wrestling at times.
0: So inauthentic, all of it. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's wild. just so
0: inauthentic, um, I mean, it's an average takeover. I mean, nothing was bad, but nothing was really great. Um, and I guess, I mean, was the main event great? I don't know. Maybe you thought the main event was great. I mean, I guess, I, I it, guess it was great in a vacuum.
1: I don't know. Right? It looked it was, so. I, I and I've said this a lot with WWE events lately, especially with main events. It was like it looked and felt and was wrestled like a good WWE main event was. But I don't know if that's good anymore. You know what I mean? Like you, you know what they're going for. You know yeah. all the spots, you know exactly what's going to happen, but is that, is that good? It's just like a, you know, it's a template for what they consider a good match or what people kind of go, yes. wow, that was good. Yes. And it's like, I, I don't know, I guess it was. But like,
0: The whole package, including the matches, is almost like a carefully constructed idea of what they think a good wrestling show is. Yeah. And, and they just kind of put it together like Legos, and, it, it, and and as a result, it just feels completely inauthentic. Okay, we have to have a lot of moves. And constant action and high work rate. And we have to have our announcers screaming at the top of their lungs because this is the most exciting thing they've ever seen. And we have to have all kinds of flashing lights. And we have to have uh, uh, piped in this is awesome chants to get the fans that are there to chant this is awesome. And it's like they think these are all the elements of a great show. But the thing is NXT used to get all that stuff organically.
1: Right. Without you hitting a button to do it.
0: Without manufacturing, without carefully putting everything together and manufacturing everything like a television show, but it's like father like son. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's what the main roster is now. It's a manufactured fake bullshit facsimile uh, that barely resembles wrestling anymore. And that's kind of what's happening with NXT now, except uh, Triple H is insistent on. Uh, he's more insistent on following sort of uh, like an indie template of uh, in- indie style work in the matches as opposed to the main roster where the matches are a little bit different. But th- the idea is the same, to manufacture what you think people want to see in a wrestling show, and nothing can just be organic or natural. Nothing comes across organic and natural. It's that same main roster thing. Everyone has the same entrance every time they come out and you have to hit the same beats with your entrance. And you know, they rehearse that shit a thousand times over and over the matches on these takeovers are probably heavily rehearsed, at least with some of the more inexperienced people. It's just all carefully manufactured inauthentic shit. And eventually that starts to come through, you know, and NXT never used to be that way. It used to just be we know how it was it was it, it, it just you know It was it was it felt completely different than the main roster and that was a good thing and um you know now it's just a really weird show to watch I can't say that I ever like hate it but I can't say that I ever like really enjoy it I mean, it's there's, there's... It, it,
1: yeah it fits this weird spot where I don't think like this takeover nothing was Bad on this takeover. Like I don't. I can't honestly say that anything that I saw in this takeover was bad. That I thought was truly bad or truly funny or truly. You know, like there was nothing like that. But it's also just it's it, it's like you said, so inauthentic and so devoid of of true emotion and so devoid of of what you know I love about pro wrestling, which is in, in some ways kind of the you know the thinking on your feet, you know, the adapting to a crowd. The you know, there's so much you know that goes into making a great wrestling match. And they have an idea of what makes a great wrestling match, and, and largely they do a lot of the things that are in, in in the context of a great wrestling match, but it's devoid, like you said, it's it's devoid of anything that truly makes it great wrestling, that makes this art form so interesting and so unique and so fun, and at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I don't know that it's, it's, not, it's, it's somewhere between good and bad, and it's just, it's not boring either, it's just, I don't know, it's just, I just... I feel like I'm just being brainwashed. When it's over, I feel like I haven't blinked in two hours, and I just kind of go, ah, like I snap out of it and and go, oh, okay, now I can move on with the rest of my life because it's just this weird, yeah, I I don't know what it is. It's so indescribable these days of what the hell TakeOver is. Well,
0: I guess let's go through these matches.
1: It's like waterboarding for wrestling fans. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, all right, let's do this. All right. Opener was the NXT North American title match. And the NXT tag team title match, the six-man tag team winner-take-all match. Bronson Reed and MSK, who were the North American and the NXT tag team champions going into the match. Uh, And they faced Joaquin Wilde, Raul Mendoza, and Santos Escobar. They got the win. Uh, Guys did stuff. It was kind of good. I don't know. What else do I say about this?
0: I mean, it's like I said last week. We could probably review this show before it even happens, right? And I think I even said last week that this was going to be a high energy opener. You knew it'd be the opener. I mean, that was a lot. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: It's going to be a high energy opener with lots of moves and real exciting and a lot of fun. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, I can't sit here and say it was some kind of great match that I ever want to revisit, but um, you know, this was exactly what I thought it was going to be that the people who I thought were going to win one. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, three-and-a-quarter, three-and-a-half-star <laughs> high-energy opener, you know? It's exactly what I thought it'd be last week.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, these are six, like, super, super talented guys, and it's just, yeah, yeah. It, it, it shows just what a shame that that this is what NXT has turned into, because in any normal scenario, these guys could probably have a very, very similar match, uh, a really, really good match, even maybe even a better match, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's it's done in the context of NXT, and it hits all the same beats that you know the match is gonna hit, all the same things that you know the matches, you know, things are gonna happen, and, yeah, yeah, that's it, it sucks because you have no doubt in your mind that these three, you know, these six guys could could sit down and come up with a great match on their own. It's just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's
0: I feel like this match wasn't really the problem on the show, though. Like, this is like this is almost how you want a show like.
1: This. Yeah, yeah, so, no, this this one was fine. And, and it's yeah. going to get a lot worse here with this uh, next match, Xia Li and Mercedes Martinez. So now this okay, for a moment here, Joe, for a moment here, NXT was like its old self. Because the story of the match that we were told in the, in the promo package is that Xia Li, four years ago, was in the, 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 the you know, the women's, the May Young Classic or whatever, right? Yes. And she faced Mercedes Martinez. Correct. Mercedes Martinez beat her ass and made her tap out in the middle of the ring. Xia because, Lee's
0: first ever professional wrestling match. Right. I don't know if they added that to the story, but. I
1: forget if they was. did or not, but yeah, yeah. regardless, Mercedes Martinez yeah. whooped her ass because she was better. Right. So Xia Li now says, I've been thinking about that moment for the last four years. And now I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you now. Sounds pretty cool. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And that was all they, that's all they showed you. So if you just jumped into TakeOver and this is your first time, you haven't seen any NXT, you haven't seen anything. You're like, well, fuck yeah, let's see what this Xia Li girl's got. She's been training four years for this moment. Let's see what she's got. Then she comes out and she's accompanied by Bo and me, ying and a fucking thousand year old chinese woman and you're like what the fuck is going on here but that you know even, other than that it's fine they go in there and they have a wrestling match joe and for seven minutes they have a wrestling match and xia lee wins right right and you're like all right there we go that it made sense she trained she got better after four years she learned she she, she perfected her craft and now she's gotten revenge over mercedes martinez perfect good we're done. Who's like,
0: who's like 40 and is putting over the younger yeah.
1: talent? I'm like, there we go. Wrestling. This is That's good. Wrestling 101. Yeah. It was perfect. And then in the next two minutes, they just say, fuck you. If you thought we were actually pro wrestling, fuck you. We're not pro wrestling. We're going to yeah. show you. Because what happens then is Mercedes Martinez just beats up Xia Li, which is like, great. Okay, great. I got my win. Well, now I just beat your ass. Bo comes down. She beats up Bo. But she's no match, Joe. For me, Ying, yes. who then kills Mercedes Martinez with her <laughs> deathly smoke,
0: she's killed many wrestlers now. She's <laughs> killed several.
1: Which what's going to happen at the end of the show, where William Regal resigns, or or at least says change needs to be? I mean, he has not spoken yet for Caden Carter's murder. I mean that, that we're, this guy has not served. Nobody's questioned him about this. Casey nope. Canton
0: Zaro's dead, I think.
1: Yeah, right. Like nobody has, has said anything. So, in so they had something great for eight minutes. It was like Zaylee lost to Mercedes Martinez when she was young and not ready, and, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or whatever. But that's okay because she's back now. Four years later, she's better. Mercedes Martinez is older. Zaylee beats her. Proves over the course of those four years, I've become a better pro wrestler, and I am now better than you were before. And you're like, boom, there we go, we got it. And then we have Mercedes beat her up immediately after, which is great. The old classic WWE, uh, you know... No somebody, one gets over. Right? Nobody, Nobody can possibly over. get over. We can't let yeah. we can't let Xia Li be over for more than 15 seconds without getting her ass kicked. So we have to do 50-50 fucking bullshit booking, so we do that. And then a thousand-year-old Chinese woman murders Mercedes Martinez.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And see, <laughs> N- NXT used to do this stuff right. The old NXT, Xia would have won the match, and that would have been the end of it. Right? And then maybe Mercedes Martinez you know, goes to SmackDown or something. But this isn't the old NXT. This is the yellow, this is yellow Raw. So she got, you got to have Mercedes get her heat back. So nobody gets over. And then you have to do the, the fucking magical, mystical fucking (laughs) wizard shit. Cause you have to have that on every show. Now, you know, you got to have Alexa bliss doing her bullshit. And, um, aren't you so thankful we don't review Raw? I mean, (laughs) God, I know. Could you I, fucking watch, imagine?
1: I watch GIFs, and it's, I'm just like, oh, my God.
0: It's just so far removed from anything that a normal person wants to watch. It's just when they watch pro wrestling. But, um, you know, so now we have that kind of bullshit in NXT, 2 with, you know, the old lady, the thousand-year-old lady killing people with her breath. You know, so... The fuck you want me to say? It's <laughs> <Cool>. junk. It's <laughs> yeah. just junk. Just I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any other deep analysis. It's just garbage, and I have no interest in it. Yep. You know?
1: There you go. It is garbage, and I have no interest in it. Well, uh, this one wasn't that garbage. I kind of enjoyed this. W- Million-dollar title ladder match here. LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. I had an expectation of what this match was going to be going in, and I would say these dudes blew away my expectations. These guys worked their asses off in this match. What do you think of this?
0: I thought it was interesting because it wasn't your typical wwe ladder match which was just set up a stunt do a stunt sell set up a stunt do the next stunt sell right
1: right the one that we've seen them do 15 times over the last year
0: yeah this was more like a ladder match of old where it wasn't built around just one stunt after another there were a couple of nasty looking stunts and interestingly enough eli drake didn't take any of those big bumps. It was Cameron Grimes taking all those. big bumps.
1: <laughs> To be fair, he did. So the one that he he didn't mean to take uh, was when he did that neck breaker onto the ladder. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty sick, and it wasn't meant to hit him, but it actually it ended up he had his elbow on it, and you could tell he was not very happy about. Yeah. That. So he went, he went, fuck. ah, fuck. <laughs> his, his elbow was hurt. So.
0: Yeah, but every spot that involves someone falling fifteen. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah,
1: L.A. Night ain't doing that shit, baby. Hell
0: no, hell He's no. a was... bump. <laughs> Nope, that was all Cameron Grimes. So they did two or three. They only did two or three of those. To be yeah. fair, you know, and it's like maybe it wasn't as dynamic and crazy and over the top as most WWE ladder matches. But I kind of enjoyed this. I didn't yeah, think it was great, yeah. no, but this, I enjoyed it.
1: This felt like, and and I hate. I'm not using this comp. I'm not using the direct comp, but it felt a lot more like in the pantheon of ladder <laughs> matches. If we're talking WWE ladder matches, this felt more. Razor and Shawn from WrestleMania than it did any of the things that they've done over the last you know ten years or whatever, which is like you said, guys do crazy stuff on the top. But like it was a match that had a ladder in it, and sometimes the ladder was utilized as a weapon, but it wasn't utilized just to be a platform for stunts. And yeah. that's something that WWE ladder made. people get up on top of the ladder and do crazy shit off of it, and and that's what the whole. But this was like. LA Knight just used the ladder as a weapon, decided, hey, I got this ladder in here, fuck it. I'm gonna hit you with it. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you on it, or I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, do a body slam on it, I'm gonna do a neck breaker on it. So that was kinda cool. It felt like those classic old ladder matches, more so than you know, a stunt show. And I kind of appreciated it. This one felt like a fight, (laughs) you know, and it's it's silly that, you know, they're doing it over the million dollar title or whatever. And Teddy DiBiase and all that that sort of stuff. But I mean, honestly, I think this is my favorite match of the entire show, which I did not expect L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes to be my favorite match of the entire show. But this one felt the closest to pro wrestling for me. So that that definitely won it for me.
0: They uh, if they did one stunt show ladder match per year, I'd probably really love it. I mean, when they were just doing money in the bank every year at WrestleMania. Wouldn't you look forward to seeing who the participants oh, would be yeah. and like, Oh, man, Evan Bourne is going to be in it this year. Or, you know, uh, oh, Shelton Benjamin again. You know, you'd be all excited about it because they did it once per year. You know, and then you can give me the overload, the overloaded stunt show once per year, and I'm going to really enjoy it. But, the guy, I mean, we've done the math. I mean, when you're doing 10 to 15 of these a year. I mean, that's just, it's crazy. You just you become numb to it. It's not impressive anymore. It's just annoying. So uh, this was a nice little change of pace.
1: Uh, then we had the NXT women's title match, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon, another just horrendously, horrendously booked match uh, in a lot of ways. So <laughs> that's what I love about this one. So you have Ember Moon, and uh, obviously Shotzi Blackheart is, 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 does not come out with her because she's quote-unquote injured. So Raquel Gonzalez has Dakota Kai out with her. Uh, Dakota Kai interferes about 27 times in this match, and it's 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 decently worked, I would say. It's not great. It's probably the low end of your NXT women's title matches on TakeOvers, but it's okay. There's nothing, you know, horribly, horribly wrong with it. I just thought the booking was, her- you know, just so, so hilarious because... So Dakota Kai interferes, like, 17 different times. Finally, after time 18, Shotzi has seen enough. She's ready to come out here and settle the score and even the odds for Ember Moon. So sh- Shotzi comes out there. She chases Dakota Kai off. And then Raquel Gonzalez pins everyone immediately after that.
0: Yeah. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, I don't know. This is just a <laughs> What? So Evermoon survives all these run-in attempts from Dakota Kai. Yes. 18, 19 of these. Finally, Shotzi has seen enough, comes in, evens the odds, and then Raquel Gonzalez hits her moves and pins Evermude immediately. Immediately yeah. afterwards. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Why? No, I mean, I, you are, know. Come on. I didn't hate it or anything, but... Did this match do anything for me? No. Um, yeah, a little placeholder defense. I mean, eventually they're going to split those two up, and it's going to be Dakota Kai and and the big girl Raquel, right? Mm-hmm. What was her other name? I finally stopped calling her. Don't oh, even tell I don't me.
1: know. I've only said Raquel. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what her other name was. I so. don't even
0: want to know her other name because I just now <laughs> just, just a week ago got
1: Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um so uh, Reina Reina Gonzalez oh that's right yeah 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 Yeah. now I'm gonna start saying Reina Gonzalez over and over again but uh yeah I have no I have nothing to add you know you 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 summed it up it's a dumb little tv style match there's nothing wrong with it it wasn't bad but yeah I don't know that's why this was like an average takeover there wasn't it didn't have that great takeover match um and it had a bunch of stuff that was you know either pretty good or just kind of okay
1: right uh, and then your main event, which resembled a good wrestling match, but I just absolutely fucking hate it on every single level. Uh, NXT uh, title, Fatal Five-Way Karrion Kross uh, retains the title, defeating Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and Pete Dunn. That's three wrestlers I really, really like. Three of, like, guys that I, I absolutely would consider, like, all-time favorites, top 50 guys in, in, in my entire life, and I just did not give a shit about any guy in this match.
0: Who's the one you're leaving out, Cole?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not a big Cole guy.
0: Um... So this match is interesting because, all right, they're giving Carrying K- Cross the Mega Push. It wouldn't be my choice, but they're giving him a Mega Push, and I think they've done a good job pushing him. I mean, he's dominant. You know, he beats up Keith Lee, he beats up Finn Balor. He, you know, they put him in here with four other guys who are like top guys in NXT. And the story of this match was just Carrying Cross beating the living shit out of these four guys and overcoming. All four of them at every turn. And every now and then, Karrion Cross would sell on the floor for a few minutes so that the little guys could go in there and do their moves, right? And then Karrion Cross would recover and come in and throw everybody around again. This was the kind of match you would book if the, the, if those four guys were then leaving the territory, right? Because the dominant champion overcomes all four of them. And basically, fucking dominates him whenever he was in a one-on-one situation with any of them, and they had to dogpile him like, you know, Andre the Giant wrestling four guys at once, five guys at once, and he's just flinging them everywhere. And I mean, that's what it seemed—that's how this match was built. So it made those four guys look weak. So this is the kind of match layout you would do if those four guys were leaving the territory, and you were going to continue to push this dominant champion. The problem is we all know that those four guys are not leaving the territory. We all know that those four guys are probably going to be in NXT moving forward for the next few years. They never move anybody out of NXT anymore. Okay? So this was not the kind of match or match layout I would do if you're going to be counting on Adam Cole and Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly and who was the other guy? Uh,
1: uh, Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, uh, Oh, Of course, Cole.
0: Gargano, who never fucking leaves. <laughs>
1: I know.
0: So it's like, I don't Jotty. know. Would, wouldn't you feed cross people who are leaving like Balor and, and Keith Lee? That all makes sense to me. Feeding him four guys and he's able to overcome them. But these are your stalwarts that we know are never leaving. Doesn't make any sense.
1: It's, it's the thing again, that it, it plagues all the, it plagues all of WB right now. They, 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 yeah. they did it with Brock where it was like, all right, well, he's beat everybody now who comes up. And it's like, don't. Oh. Nobody, we don't really have anybody for him. Okay, great. They do it on they do they did it for Roman Reigns for years and years and years, and they've done it yet again on on SmackDown with Roman Reigns, where he just has beating everybody now, and it's like, okay, well, now who's next? And they're like, I don't know. we don't really have anybody,
0: and, then, and, and fans are all waiting around for The Rock and John Cena. What does that tell you? Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and they know
0: that there's no one there,
1: right? And they're doing it here now as well because he went out there and just defeated every regular roster member that's that's a upper mid-carder to main eventer. And yeah, what the fuck is next, other than? Maybe somebody comes from Ron Smackdown and face him, but like, yeah, none of these guys, they're done. These you geeks are done. He beat all four of them. Yeah, at he you know, stacked them up and beat them. Like.
0: How about going through them one by one instead of beating them all at once like that? And, and, and he really, the way it was laid out, just was just flinging them around. Like, it, they, it wasn't even tested, except when they would jump them like two on one or something. So, again, I appreciate you're giving someone a push. Okay, that part works for me. What doesn't work is, again, this is what NXT, what NXT used to be, is these four guys would be gone now, and they'd move someone up from the fucking warehouse or whatever the fuck, right? But we know these guys aren't going anywhere, and we know Johnny Gargano has been on, like, 30 takeovers.
1: Which they, they bring up all the time, which is not good. <laughs> you don't want to be on takeovers all the time. Like, that's not and, like, yeah, that's and, that and to you, be proud of.
0: And you're going to need these four guys to still be in the mix because you because they're not going anywhere. So what does a match like this accomplish? Nothing. This is now full-on yellow main roster, because the roster never changes. okay? It's booked just like the main roster where it, it doesn't fucking make sense the shit that they do, all right? and and uh, and it's like basically Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, who have been there forever. And the other two are getting long in the tooth now, too. Okay, they're basically NXT Miz, NXT Dolph Ziggler. That's what they are. It's the same thing because those guys never go away either. They've been there for a decade, a decade and a half. Kofi Kingston, you go right down the line. Right. And it's just the same recycled guys over and over and over. And now that's what NXT has become as well. And that's why it also feels just like the main roster now. Because Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole don't go anywhere. What is there left for Adam Cole to do? I know. He had his big push. He was the leader of his faction. He got his mega push. He peaked. It's time for him to move on and go away. There's nothing you can do with Adam Cole now that won't be rehashed or feel like it's past his peak. Johnny Gargano's long past his expiration date. Okay, And the same thing's going to happen. Kyle O'Reilly. The fuck? Like, the entire yeah, his his arc's era. done.
1: His arc's done now.
0: Yeah, they need to fucking move on. I mean, the only guy left in undisputed era that maybe you could do something different with is Fish, and he's forty-five. Okay, and you know he'd be a, he's a nice mid card guy. He's gonna feud with Oney Lorcan now, and that'll be fine. Those two guys will have a nice mid card feud. But your your Coles and O'Reillys, there's nothing left for them to do. But we know they're not going anywhere. So that's why I went, why I said at the top, you watch these takeovers. It's impossible to be invested or care about any of it because it's because what you're watching now, you're watching the Miz, you're watching Dolph Ziggler. They're not going anywhere, and it's just going to be the same shit over and over. Whose turn is it this month? That's all it's going to be. So how could you possibly care? These this is the same this reason that it's impossible to be invested in the main roster. Which woman's turn is it to challenge for the women's title on Raw or SmackDown? Whose turn is it, uh, uh, you know, to to, uh, to to get a to, to get a men's pusher attack? It's just, it, it's the same faces taking turns. And that's what NXT has become.
1: Yeah. There's just, yeah, there's no hierarchy. There's no, you don't move from one hierarchy to another. You don't move your, and, and that used to happen. Yeah, guys used to move up and move down, or they were just pushed from the beginning, and then they were sent away and, and, and sent up to the main roster. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, the stagnation we've been—that's we, the stagnation's been an issue for, for two, three years. It's been an issue ever since. We, we go back and listen to our show from from three, four years ago or whatever. When when Triple H said, "Hey, we're going on the road and we're gonna—you know—we're gonna try to draw." We said, "This is that's gonna be a very bad thing for NXT because guys won't leave then." And guys will stay, and that's one of the things that made NXT cool and made NXT important. Is the guys came and they went, and we were worried about that. We were worried about it when 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 guys would be held back, and he's like, no no no, I need Finn Balor to draw, I need Adam Cole to draw, I need those guys to draw, and we're you know three four years away from that at this point, and these guys are still here. In some cases, some guys have went up and then came back down. And 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 yeah, it's 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 been the biggest detriment to this. I mean, people say, oh, the, you know, move the USA was what killed them, and 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 yeah, the move to USA has not been great, obviously for for NXT, and it's made it much less watchable. But to me, the biggest issue is just that you know they're just utter failures on the main roster, and 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 either Vince doesn't want any of the guys anymore, or Triple H doesn't want to give up any of the guys, or there's just no sort of relationship between the main roster and, and NXT anymore. I mean that, that that it's a killer, it's an absolute killer, and and. You know, people have brought it up a lot of times, too. It doesn't help that pretty much everybody that comes up from NXT, you know, they kind of fail in the main roster as well. We're going to talk about it here with Helen in a in a bit, with Rhea Ripley. I mean, they just, they don't, they don't convert well. So it's like hard, even if you were invested in someone's peak, even if you were invested in someone's rise, like Bianca or, or Rhea or whatever, you know, how invested could you be if you know, hey, when, once I go to the main roster, it's pretty much going to be over and it's not going to work anymore. And it makes it oh. tough, too.
0: Oh, forget Bianca, the big star they made at WrestleMania. Look what she's doing with fucking, with, with, it's Pam. It's yeah. Bailey. Fucking awful. It's creepy. Many times, it's
1: creepy, Joe.
0: Maybe we should save it for that, for that yes. segment, but how yeah. many times are they going to rehash the bully fucking story? Yeah. I know. WWE has like five stories <laughs> they five that they just redo over old. and over and over. I know. How many times are going to do the bully? They were doing it again.
1: <laughs> they don't, they they have a bunch of them on this hell in the cell. I can't wait to preview this because they also have the two people that lose all the time are gonna face each other at the paper. Yeah, <laughs> another so we'll, classic tale. Yeah. We'll
0: save that hot material, <laughs> but yeah. you know it, it's like so they they bring back George Carroll that was reported by Mike Johnson this week, and a lot of people listening might not know who George Carroll is, but I mean he's bounced around Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, MLW, back to WWE. Okay, he's a backstage guy and. Rich and I you know we've both had conversations with George over the years would would it be fair to describe to describe him as a details guy
1: very much very much so
0: I mean that's what he is he's a fucking details guy but do you think it will matter there do you think his voice will be loud enough do you think he because in wwe the power structure is such that there's so many voices and it's you know and it's hard to get ideas through and and you know it's it's will it even matter i mean because that's a guy who can who can make sense of stories and give things proper direction and make sure that the details are taken care of. But I don't know in that structure that
1: it will matter. I mean, what's your take on No, that? I mean, they have dude, they have 30 guys there that all know there. I mean, they, they, they employ a ton of very smart people there in that company. There's a ton of dudes that I know can tell good stories and succinct stories and, and, and understand wrestling. I mean, many of the people that were there three years ago are still there and could tell good stories. And Yeah, I don't know. I just think – I don't think – I'd like to think that George Carroll goes there and, and, and helps out, but, I mean, there's any number of guys backstage there that, that could have done something over the last two years to help out.
0: Where's Ryan Ward?
1: I think I – He forget. did a
0: hell of a job. Where's he? Yeah,
1: I forget what happened to him.
0: What's Gabe doing? What are you doing with Gabe? That's
1: a great question. Here's, that's one of the guys I was mentioning. That's a guy that I yeah. know can tell nice and succinct stories and understands pro wrestling. I don't know what he's doing. Sanjay Dutt, I I believe that he probably knows what he's doing. Triple H right seemed like he knew what he was doing for a while too. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I mean, there's 45 fucking agents there, and and producers and shit like that. It's it's I I don't know that any one guy is going to get in there and change anything and 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 redo anything. So no, I I I would like to think that George can go in there and help out a little bit, but I mean, there's a lot of smart guys there, and nobody seems to help. So it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So
0: yeah, I I almost feel like. They don't, they just much like the main roster. I don't know if that stuff matters to them anymore. But on, on the other hand, I feel like they think they're telling good stories in NXT. I think they still feel like they're the rebellious brand that's doing it right.
1: Absolutely. Oh, for sure. But they're not. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 because their match structure is such that they're, you know, hey, we're different than the main roster. We're action. Yeah. We're this. And then, and, and, yeah, I, I get it. Makes sense. But no, yeah, your it's stories are terrible. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's, they, they, I, I think, if you get in that room, they'll, they'd probably tell you that you're nuts if you if you say that they're just a yellow fucking raw. But that's that's what they are. They're work rate yellow raw. I mean that that's what the show is. But I I think that they think they're still telling these great stories and they're doing pro wrestling right and they snicker at fucking what goes on on Raw and SmackDown. But they don't realize that that's what they've become. I, you know, so um, it isn't good. Now I watch the TV, and I got to tell you. The Grizzled Young Vets versus um, um, Imperium. Matt, was it Imperium? No, it was a Grizzled. What, what the fuck is it? The Grizzled Young Vets versus. Uh,
1: I did uh, not see it, so I unfortunately can't be out here. I can, I'll, I'll search for you if you want, but
0: it was. Um, why am I drawing a blank on this? It was a tornado tag. It was. Um, anyway, it's about the Samoa Joe.
1: Oh, Champa, Champa, and Thatcher, right?
0: Champa and Thatcher. They had a tornado tag, and uh, that was better than anything on TakeOver. It was phenomenal. Well, was and, and I, forgot,
1: I forgot to mention this as well, not to interrupt you, but after the Xylee Mercedes Martinez thing when, when there's a murder, then they cut to the backstage, and it's Champa and Thatcher, and they go, we don't care about you know any fantasies or dragons. We're here to kick ass. We're going to kick ass on on, on TakeOver, or on, on, on NXT on Tuesday. And it's like, oh, all right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just, such it's a like, weird dichotomy. Oh
1: all right that's cool yeah let's do that. It's like why do not we just see why don't we just see a thousand year old chinese woman murder somebody and now these guys with beards are are spitting and snarling and saying we're going to kick ass on Tuesday. Come watch us on Tuesday kick ass. And it's like oh okay yeah that yeah. I do. Yeah. I do want to watch you do that.
0: Oh uh, no and they just went in there and fucking killed each other. And um you know Grizzled Young Vets I think they might be the most underrated tag team in the world. Oh they're world. tremendous. They're I mean, so They good. just they're they're every time out uh um, they're just both of those guys. And I know, you know, we've talked about it before, but, uh, uh, you know, those, but Drake, especially, I mean, I think everyone thinks of Gibson because of the promos and he's very good, but, but Drake is severely underrated. And, and, the, 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 the Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher team, uh, those guys have great chemistry and they're just no nonsense. They just, they're just ass kickers. And, I've been very critical of Timothy Thatcher over the years on this show. Everybody knows that. I have never enjoyed his work more than I enjoy his work in NXT. He has just worked for me every single second that he's been in NXT from fight pit to fucking his single stuff to now this great tag team because it's just no nonsense, get in there and beat people up. And, uh, you know, he's been phenomenal. Um, and Grizzled Young Vets. Are, might be the most underrated tag team in the world. I mean, I think they're a top five tag team in the world right now.
1: Oh no doubt, no no or no doubt no, at all. Yeah, I love them.
0: Yeah. So that was an excellent match. And Samoa Joe's back. So the story here is that he's William Regal can't control anything anymore. It's all oh, it's out of control, and you know, so Samoa Joe is there to be his enforcer and help him control things, right? But this is fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Because in WWE kayfabe, Samoa Joe is an old guy who already got demoted to being a, an announcer. But he's out there on NXT choking out Adam Cole, <laughs> beating people up, you know, intimidating fucking the champion and getting in his face. And Samoa Joe's cool as fuck and one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I love Samoa Joe. And nobody, there are so few people in wrestling today who come off as authentic as Samoa Joe, okay? But the problem is in kayfabe, you've already told us that he's, that he's washed up and that he's not a wrestler anymore. And now he's out here choking out and intimidating, and he's got these guys in the prime of their careers backing off, and he's choking them out. It doesn't make any sense. Right,
1: or, or what happens is people are then going to go, all right, great, I can't wait to watch Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe, and then you have no intention of delivering that.
0: Right, and it's like, you know, it'd be one thing if you're building to that, and I don't think they are. And they already told us that they're they're not doing that. So it's a damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because, all right, you told us you're not doing that. But yet he's out here beating everybody up, even though he's 45 years old and out of shape. And he's an announcer. And he's beating up all these guys in the prime of their lives. But then if you do do the match, and you're going back on telling us that you weren't going to do the match. This is what I'm saying. They need a details guy. The problem is, will they listen to a details guy? And I don't think they will. There's too many fucking cooks. That's been the WWE fucking story for the last 20 years. There's too many cooks. So it won't matter, ultimately, if you get a details guy in there. You know, I'm very skeptical. We'll see. Hopefully it helps. I don't know. But on its face, it's so ridiculous. This is like superstar Billy Graham when he came back in 1988 with the hip replacement surgery. Looking like a crippled old man. If they would have made him like Jack Tunney's enforcer,
1: <laughs> right, right, and
0: he's, and he's getting in Hulk Hogan's face and yeah. Hogan's back and down. A few down. years
1: later, Sid Justice, you know, steps up to Tunney to yell something, and <laughs> Superstar Billy Graham goes, "Ah, not so fast, pal." <laughs> like, right,
0: and you have Superstar Billy Graham beating up everybody in the you know beating up Tito Santana, yeah, beating up the Earthquake, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like that's what this is. It's <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's dumb, right. But Joe is so good in the role that it works anyway. And everything in WWE is so silly and stupid that you kind of just throw your hands and you go, well, fuck it. It's cool.
1: Yeah, right. I enjoy this. And that's at the least that's the least I can ask for is it's kind of cool in the moment that I'm watching it. So,
0: yeah, it's it's like the least you can ask for in that company. (laughs) Right. It's just something you can enjoy on its face, even though intellectually, you know, the story is dumb because it really doesn't make any sense. You know, you know. You know, one you know, they had Gorilla Monsoon step up to Vader once. What happened? He
1: got his ass destroyed and then he went away.
0: Right. Because Vader like, Vader
1: bombed him and fucking sent him packing. He never was seen yeah. again.
0: And they didn't make monsoon come off like a coward. He stepped up to Vader, you know, right. and, and but 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 the, the, but they handled it properly. They had Vader beat him up and Vader was the heel, and that put sympathy on monsoon. It put heat on Vader. But now now Samoa Joe just beats everybody up. <laughs> it t- it t- Doesn't
1: make any sense. Yeah, that Vader Monsoon thing was awesome too. Because if you remember, if people had never saw that, uh, you know, Vader was doing a bunch of shit. Gorilla Monsoon, who was the commissioner at the time, was like, "Hey, you need to stop doing this shit, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire you." And Vader goes, "Oh yeah, I tell you know you're gonna fire me? Yeah, say it to my face or whatever." Monsoon steps up to him. Vader then says, "Oh, I'm gonna hit this guy." And Jim Cornette goes, "No, Vader, please do not do this because he knows my guy's gonna kill Gorilla Monsoon, and I'm gonna be in a shitload of trouble. Don't do that because it's an authority figure." Uh, And then Vader just beat his ass anyway. And the entire time, Jim Cornette's just you know, oh my god, oh no oh god what are you doing like we're fucked we're fucked we're fucked and and, and yeah they in real you know they suspended vader you know in, in storyline and then girl months who was never seen again it was awesome
0: yeah yeah perfect that's how you handle that you know you want to do the enforcer gimmick it's got to be like an active fucking guy in the prime of his career but again joe does have the kind of credibility to pull it off but i just don't you know, they've told us he's an announcer he, he, you know, he 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 didn't come out there looking like he was in
1: prime shape. Yeah, because well, in Cape fade now, you have to yeah. wonder what the hell. Why was this guy doing announcing for two and a half years? He's such a badass. Yeah. And why is this guy he, not a ma- why is this guy not a main eventer? He's a former NXT champion. He's kicking everyone's ass. Like, right. Cool. So now let's go watch a, him wrestle. And it's like, well, no. <laughs> if
0: you're a viewer, why wouldn't you want to see him wrestle cross now? Yeah. Right. So, but it's like it's WWE. They don't want you to think about it. They just want you to take everything at this surface level, and this is why I'm saying. They think they are the brilliant brand doing things right, and they're doing the same stupid bullshit that they do on the main roster. It's no different. It's the same shit in a yellow package with less rest holds. That's all it is. Just because you pull the rest holds out of your matches doesn't mean you're any different than what they're doing on blue and red. It's the same shit.
1: There you go. That's NXT TakeOver in your house. It's available on on Peacock if you want to rewatch this show that we just reviewed there. We just reviewed there, but uh, we need to get to uh, Hell in a Cell. Before we do that, though, Joe, I do want to let you know that support for this episode of the Voices of Wrestling flagship uh, podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAGSHIP. At manscaped.com. Again, we've had VOW before, we've had voices. This one is flagship at manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, as we've told you for a few weeks now, Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. is their third generation trimmer. It features a cutting edge ceramic blade, reduces grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this is something Joe I know that you love as well. The trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and also waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy Uh, a lawnmower 3.0 comes in their brand new perfect package 3.0 which has everything you need to uh, keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice downstairs the perfect package 3.0 features the crop preserver also has the crop reviver you get all that together and they throw all that in to that perfect package as well as two free gifts in that perfect package a pair of high performance manscape boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day as well as a travel bag to store all of your grooming goodies. So again, trim that junk of yours. Get twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code flagship. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, again for sponsoring this episode. All right. Ready to get us talk about hell in the cell something? I'd much rather shave my balls than watch WWE Hell in the Cell. Um but something other than that, it'd be too much of a delight to use the Lawn Mower 3.0. I'd like to use a straight razor on my balls instead of watching this fucking terrible show. Somebody asked us, are we doing a live Q&A or a live fucking instant reaction after this show? We are not. Joe, we are not.
0: Oh, I was open to it, man. Hey, listen, not, okay. no, not. I understand. Not you in the summer.
1: Not in the summer. I, can, I, can't, I can't do it in the summer. SummerSlam, maybe. What do you
0: got going on on a Sunday night? Anything uh, else?
1: Literally anything else? Shaving my balls with a straight razor? Anything else, Joe? With a straight razor? Fucking me, kidding me? I just yeah, I just said I'm not even gonna use. I don't even. It'd be too much of of, if I use the lawnmower 3.0, the fantastic skin safe technology. That'll be too much of a delight. It'll be too easy. I need something that's almost as terrible as watching Hell in a Cell. Wow. Is what I would rather do. So,
0: see, you can't shave your balls with a straight razor if, you know, sometimes when your balls, when your ball sack, when well, maybe it's cold, you get like the tiger stripe balls. You know the ones I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Very they difficult. curl up on you Very and they difficult. look like tiger stripes. If you take a razor to tiger stripe balls, you're going to get you're cut done. up all over the you're place. Done.
1: That's why I got to use that man's kit, that 3.0, man.
0: You gotta see what you wanna shave. If you wanna shave your sack, you gotta turn the temperature up in the house so you get those fucking low hangers going, because that's a nice smooth surface that you can get the razor moving on. You know what I mean? You gotta be careful with those tiger stripes. That's a bad look. So what you're saying is watching Hell in the Cell is akin to shaving your balls when it's cold and you got the tiger stripes yes, balls going correct.
1: on. With straight razor and there's blood everywhere, and you're wondering why I did this, and this is a terrible idea, and there must have been something better I could have done that day.
0: And you're nicking them all over the yeah, place. Yeah. It's just
1: the, and you're like, all right, honey, I'm ready. And she doesn't, you know, it's like the people in your life don't even want to be around you anymore. That's what Hell in a Cell is. Like, if I watch this with the nurse is going to be off this day. Like, I, I need to plan these things around when she's not when she's at work. Because I cannot sit down on, on Sunday night on a beautiful June weekend, slap my hands together and go, all right, here we go. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Let's go, baby. And have her be in the same room as me. Like that. Well,
0: that's going to be a. They're, they're going to do a collar and elbow tie up and have a good catches, <laughs> catch can right. matchup. Shadow's going to
1: use her MMA wow. background to uh, uh right. defeat the totally adult woman, Alexa Bliss. Have you seen those uh, Alexa Bliss uh, cameos that are making the rounds?
0: Totally not meant to be a child. <laughs>
1: totally an adult. We, Joe, yes. you are perverse by even mentioning the word child because no, there's nothing about her that's childlike, Joe. So stop with that. All right. You're the creep.
0: There are still still Reddit mutants who will argue and say that she's not meant to be childlike (laughs) and that you're sick if you think so.
1: Yeah, those people exist. She does her cameo swinging on a swing with her weird makeup. I don't know why she looks like a raccoon, but whatever, she looks like a raccoon in her little skirt and her little pigtails and goes, oh, hi, nice to see you. Like, yeah. Uh, totally an adult. Yep. That's what adults sound like. And sure. She has a
0: toy doll. <laughs> right. Toy right. Doll.
1: Adults often yeah. carry toy dolls. Yeah. So.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. While swinging on a swing with their pigtails yep. and. Yep, yep. Using the verbiage of a third grader. <laughs> yeah. That's. They that's...
1: they they typically call uh, where they where where they hang out the playhouse. You know, Alexis. You know.
0: Yeah. Play. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tlb uh-huh. called. Yeah. Well. well geez, I don't know. Oh.
0: Whoa! Hey now. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I was just realizing that. She might, I don't know,
0: you know, hey, she might have a playhouse What, hang out at playgrounds? No, I
1: no, I'm at a... the playhouse I don't know, I was going to say a room where she has fun that she calls the playhouse, but I I, I was gonna I backed off, uh, thinking, eh, you know
0: More like a dungeon around <laughs> here But um, No, it's You know, but the Reddit mutants will defend it You know, yep. Joker, the Silva, the whole gang You know, they'll get on there and tell you that yeah, you're the sick nothing,
1: one. nothing, there's no pedophile thing in the fiend Lexa. Please. You must
0: be the pedophile if you think so. <laughs> I don't know why I said that like Braun Strowman, but I
1: was like Braun Strowman. Well, he won't try. We'll see Braun Strowman's on the good side because one time he tried to fuck Alexa Bliss, but that was when she was just a normal adult. Mm-hmm. So he's he's okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, they were yeah they were an on screen couple mm-hmm. for a while there, right? But then, uh, but then she had her romance with uh, with 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 the fiend. <laughs> with the fiend and then he he um he possessed her and converted her yeah. what this is supposed to be a wrestling, pro
1: wrestling show pro wrestling, it's yeah. a pro
0: wrestling show everybody he possessed her and converted her to a childlike entity because obviously the fiend is a fucking pedo i mean that's if that's not what you're getting from this story i don't know what you're watching like i don't even think we're trying to do like a controversial bit or anything like that's the fucking story that they are telling you. Right? Because she wasn't childlike until the fiend wanted to fuck her. And then he possessed her and turned her into a childlike entity.
1: Well, she's going to be facing Shayna Baszler at uh, WWE Hell in a Cell. And uh, Joe, is this the last hurrah for.
0: For us reviewing this shit?
1: Yes. Well, for, no, <laughs> the last hurrah, yes, uh, hopefully, but also the last hurrah of the cinematic match, because moving forward now, every single future thing will presumably be in front of crowds or presumably be with a live audience, and people are, are speculating, and, and I think this is an actually an interesting debate. Do you think now that this is the end of it, that now they're going to decide, okay, we can't do cinematic matches anymore when we have an arena full of people? Because I disagree. I don't think it's the end of them.
0: No, no, it's not the end.
1: I think they thought that I think they think they got something here.
0: They just keep creating more fucking spooky characters. That's so what why I mean. would this be yeah.
1: So they just expect the 16,000 people in whatever arena for money in the bank to sit and look at the video board while something creepy goes on backstage. Yeah, that's, that's my gonna thought. Do, yeah.
0: Or they're going to do special effects in front of the crowd. Like they'll do it in the ring. Because they can do the same shit Without – minus the jump cuts because they do jump cuts on Raw and stuff like that, like different camera angles. You can't do that in front of a live crowd. Well, you can, but it's a, it's a worse experience for the people sitting there than the people at home. But you can still do – like look at WrestleMania, the, the Fiend. You know, they did a special effects. The box came out and all that. So the, this stuff's not going away. Well, Whether yeah, or... and
1: I was going to bring that up. Like, WrestleMania is a great example. They had a whole fucking football stadium filled with people, and they still did a box and all this fire and bullshit. So, yeah. I, I...
0: AEW just did another stadium stampede in front of a fucking crowd. This shit's not going anywhere.
1: Right. I'm with you, so.
0: So, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we just saw AEW do it with a fucking packed building, and we just saw them do it at WrestleMania, and they've done it at WrestleMania's prior. So I don't, I don't know why people would think it would be going away.
1: It's right? We had, anywhere. yeah, we had dumb Firefly Fun House matches even before that. We had the fucking sperm match with Randy Orton. Yeah, they've done this shit before, so
0: yeah. Yeah, it's not going anywhere.
1: So they'll do it here. Um, who could possibly care about Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler? Do you have anything else to add to the adult Alexa Bliss versus former MMA fighter Shayna Baszler?
0: Someone in a chat room says they wrote Lily off TV because they can't do it in front of the fucking live crowds. I promise you that that fucking voodoo doll will be back on TV. I didn't watch Raw this week. Yeah,
1: yeah so I, well, I, think minute, Alexa, I, I, I think Alexa week. I think Alexa said, it. Oh, you know, because we're going back to live events, I'm gonna leave Lily at home for a little bit or something like that. So
0: I don't buy it. Yeah, I
1: don't buy it either. Yeah. Vince is gonna go, where's the damn doll? <laughs> Give me the doll.
0: <laughs> that and Leo Rush is retired. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> <Exactly> sure. Right.
1: <laughs> Oh, speaking of creepy characters and bullies, we have WWE Smackdown Women Championship. Uh, Bianca Belair, the megastar that was created at Wrestlemania, will be facing the bully, Bailey, who can also take over the video boards. Who, I so, guess, also has supernatural powers, too. So.
0: so, Alexa Bliss once bullied Ned Jax for being fat, right? Wasn't that the story? Correct, yep. Those are the two correct people. I know it was Nia Jax, but I think it was uh, Yeah, Alexa. no, no, you're
1: right, yeah. It was definitely Alexa calling her fat, yeah.
0: Then Shane McMahon bullied Braun Strowman for being stupid, for being dumb, right? Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. stupid at the WrestleMania. Which, by the way, I can't say that word in this house because um, TLB taught the kids that stupid is a bad word. Okay, so if I ever say stupid, they correct me. They say stupid's a bad word. Don't say stupid. So I got to be careful. Canceling your own household, man. I, well, I get canceled constantly in the house, <laughs> on Twitter, everywhere. So um, yeah, so Braun Strowman got canceled for being stupid. By, not, no, he didn't. He got bullied by Shane oh, McMahon bullied, yeah. for being stupid. Um, and now we have uh, Bianca Belair, who we were told was created into a massive star at WrestleMania in a mid card feud with It's Bailey, uh, being bullied by Bailey because Bailey laughs at her. And Bianca Belair, when she was growing up, got laughed at by people all the time for trying to be an athlete and trying to uh, be different. And all of this Bailey laughter is really hitting Bianca Belair at her core, and it's making her unsure of herself. Rich, what are the defining characteristics of Bianca Belair which helped her get over to begin
1: with? Uh that she was a real athlete and uh, and, and uh, you know came up from NXT and it was a real human being and a real person that was a tremendous and, athlete that was really good and, at, at wrestling and yeah,
0: and most importantly, super confident. Yes, right? yes. What does she call herself?
1: The, the EST? EST, the best, the greatest, the you know, yeah, all that, yeah. So,
0: what would you do with Bianca Belair after you crown her? She beat Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I
1: would definitely make her unsure of herself and and, yes. and, and question her, her abilities for sure, no doubt, and
0: lack confidence, right. and uh, all because someone laughs at her. This shit <laughs> so
1: bad. God, is, oh, is written, God. It is. It
0: is. It is written oh, for toddlers God. and watched by fifty-five-year-old men. <laughs> It is the weirdest fucking show. This shit is written for third graders and, is, and, and the only people who watch are 58-year-old dudes. Who enjoys this? Who enjoys this besides 58-year-old men who just watch out of habit because they liked Bob Backlund matches in 1981 and Roman Reigns avatars? Who else on earth enjoys this shit or thinks it's good?
1: It's it, yeah. If you have not seen the segments with Bianca and Bailey, they are they are absolutely ridiculous. They're absolutely the you couldn't find a worse way to use Bianca Belair. Like you, you this would have been if I said Joe, what's the what's the way that we can make sure that Bianca Belair stops being a star and that we, we we everything everything we did at WrestleMania, what can we do to to cool her off immediately as quickly as possible? And it's exactly this: make her because Bailey laughs at her, and then Bianca like looks down and gets sad and solemn. Yes. And questions her own. And now the idea is obviously that on, on, on at Hell in a Cell she'll re-emerge and she'll be confident and she'll win. But do you buy I mean I can totally see Bailey just beating her ass, right?
0: Rich, I can I can call the fucking spot <laughs> at Helena Cell. Bailey's gonna have her down <laughs> and and have her defeated, and she's gonna stand over her and then cut a fucking talking promo and laugh and do the laugh. While the announcers go, oh, Bianca Belair, you know, she's getting laughed at. And we know that that, you know, and, and that's going to be a big fucking spot in the match. She may not even win. <laughs> this is why we told people, listen, careful with the. They're making a star here thing, because on paper, yes, they should be making a star.
1: Yes, it is a layup. It is indeed a layup. But it this is a is layup. This company. <laughs>
0: this is this company This should be an easy one. But be careful with the, oh, Bianca Belair is a star now. Be real careful. We tried to tell people because this is what they do. They write stories like this, and people say, oh, well, this is just storytelling. It's great storytelling. No. It's really not. <laughs> this is how you make a star. It's awful. And it's, it's one of the five fucking stories that they have in their holster yeah. that they tell over and over and over. How many times are we going to see a story where the heel is a, is a schoolyard bully? These are grown adults, but they do this schoolyard bully shit. Over and over and over, and it never helps or works for. It never works for anyone or helps anyone or anything.
1: Uh, Jared Nia- Jay correctly points out in the chat room that Alexa also bullied Mickey James for being old. Remember?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's another good one. Alexa Bliss bullied Nia Jax for being fat, and they did that whole feud. And Nia Jax wins the feud and and is in tears, and then she turns heel a week later. <laughs> like they, they don't.
1: <laughs> even when they do it right they still find a way to yeah, do they it they still wrong. fuck
0: yeah. it up like yeah. they don't capitalize on it it's just that pay-per-view cycle is over we told that story now we're moving on and we want Nia Jax to be a heel now so then there's not even any benefit from telling the story of it's okay to be fucking fat or whatever story they were trying to tell like is this a fucking I don't understand is this like is this show on Nickelodeon at 9 o'clock in the morning for fucking kids to teach them how to have self-esteem? Or is this, like, meant for fucking adults? I It's just the stories are... And it's the same five stories over and over. <laughs>
1: well, let's get to this next match because this is one of the other stories that they tell. Uh, one of the five stories here. WWE Raw Women's Championship match. Rhea Ripley defending the title against Charlotte Flair. Rhea Ripley also won the title, obviously. Uh, At WrestleMania and has had a horrendous run on the main roster and just an absolutely unmitigated disaster of a run on the main roster. And this feud, there's a lot of bad feuds this year. But man, this might be if they continue this thing, if this thing keeps going, this could be in the running for one of the worst feuds of the year. This all that has happened in the last few months, past few weeks of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair is they have lost Nikki Cross. Every single week, they go out and they find new ways to have Rhea and Charlotte lose to Nikki Cross. Sometimes it's a count-out. Sometimes Rhea comes in and interferes. Sometimes Rhea comes in and distracts. No matter what happens, though, every single time, they lose to Nikki Cross.
0: Well, here's the thing, Rich. I think you're just a hater because they tell (laughs) stories.
1: Right. So so one of the classic WWE pay-per-view stories is come watch two losers face each other at the pay-per-view, and one of these losers will win the match.
0: This is why... You own a site called Voices of Virgins and you're a hater. <laughs>
1: a Virgins of wrestling, it's... I think it is. Virgins of wrestling. Get it right.
0: Either way. Either way it works. We we clearly don't fuck. Um
1: I, I have they, never, I've never I mean, felt a woman's touch, so.
0: Jeez, they'd be horrified by this bedroom four nights a week, believe me. Listen, they tell stories, Rich. These are great stories. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> it's just crying face emoji, crying face yeah, emoji. Crying face I don't emoji. know what your problem is.
1: Dead, you know, dead emoji. Yeah. You you dead ass stupid you stupid yeah Deadass, ass don't get it it's
0: good stuff it's
1: great it's great why
0: why isn't fucking why isn't the fucking uh Ghoulie the champion then the fucking what's her name again
1: uh, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about
0: she doesn't do that character anymore though right
1: the She's, Ghoulie
0: she, she used to look like a Ghoulie they used to... her character when she was in um uh what was the name of her faction with uh with uh, Eric Young <laughs> the fucking
1: oh Nikki Cross.
0: Mickey she yeah. used to be, she used to run around like a gremlin. Oh,
1: like that's a right, movie. yeah, right, that's right, right. Remember, in, in uh, Sanity or whatever, yeah. Sanity, yeah. yeah lowercase s, capital A, capital N, lowercase i, capital T, lowercase y. Yeah, Sanity.
0: And then she left Sanity, and she was like a gremlin-like character yeah, for a right, while. Right, right, right. Tag team partner of Alexa Bliss. It's the other story they do opposites as tag <laughs> right.
1: Team this yeah. one's a hot blonde. Oh. This one's weird. <laughs>
0: Let's see yeah. how this works. Which yeah. you can watch on Raw every Monday, RK-Bro. <laughs> it's just the same shit over and over.
1: RK-Bro. One of them RKOs. The other one says bro. They are RK-Bro.
0: <laughs> one is real serious and brooding. The other goofs around. Yeah. <laughs> watch. It's a barrel laugh. The, watch the serious brooding one make incredulous faces at the one that goofs around. Like, it's the same shit over and over. You know what I mean? Like, they have five stories that they tell, you know? But, yeah, why wouldn't you think Nikki Cross should just get, be getting this title? Yeah, I would say I beat
1: your, I beat all of you guys multiple times over the last few weeks. Give me my title. And it's the best The best story, too, is because they've done it, like, six straight times or, like, you know, f- three or four straight weeks. Is Nikki Cross jumps out of the ring and dances and goes, oh, my God. And they go, oh, she did it. She did it. She did it. And they act like it's the first time she's done it every single time. It's so bad. It's indefensible. It's terrible. God. So, there you go. And how hard is it to... Okay, the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair story, Joe. How hard is it to say, Charlotte Flair beat Rhea Ripley for the title two WrestleManias ago. Rhea Ripley's now on the main roster and she's a champion. Is she better now than she was two years ago? The end. I did it. I'm done. (laughs) Triple
0: H promised us they'd pay this off.
1: (laughs) He did. You're right. Paul did say he he was going to do that.
0: He knew all along that Nikki Cross was just going to own both of them at every turn. He knew this was going to pay off. You're right. Uncle
1: Paul did say that.
0: Yes. As we said at the time, (laughs) they had no fucking plan beyond that WrestleMania match. No plan. None. And people bought that. People bought that. The people that call us virgins of wrestling bought that and said, ah, they have a plan. It's storytelling. You got to let play out. Here it's playing out.
1: <laughs> here it
0: is. Here, just, here it is. Rear Ripley and Charlotte. It's playing out.
1: Oh, dear God. All right. Last chance, hell hell cell match for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, the last chance for Drew McIntyre here. If he does not win the WWE Championship here against Bobby Lashley, it is over. Thank God, because these guys have faced each other for nine straight months here. Um, Drew McIntyre obviously his last chance to win the WWE championship. Bobby Lashley is the champion going into this Hell in a Cell match. Uh Drew McIntyre is his new gimmick is Guy That Tells Scottish Stories. Yes. Uh I don't know why, but yeah. The the story is Vince recently saw Braveheart and decided, ah, there we go. That's not a bad gimmick. So now Drew you just tells tales of Scottish lore.
0: You think he has the patience to watch is that like three hours Yeah, long, yeah Braveheart? No, yeah, he hasn't watched Braveheart. He didn't watch Braveheart. Um
1: yeah, that, it was that, yes. dude, that movie was three hours and movies weren't three hours. You know what I mean? Like that was, I remember even my parents were like, well, we're never going to watch. They just, they, I don't think they've ever seen it. Cause they're like, well, we're not going to, we're not watching this thing for three hours. I remember once my, my parents went to dances with wolves and, and like, I remember they had to get a babysitter and they're like, we don't know when we're going to be back. This, this movie's like two hours and 45 minutes. We don't know when we'll be back. Like that's when you know what I mean? And now every fucking Marvel movie's like three and a half, four hours or whatever. But
0: are those Marvel movies that long? Really? I think they are.
1: I, Okay. Do not quote me. I don't know, but let me just look up a random. um, What's it? Captain America. Captain America: Civil War. What's the runtime on Captain America: Civil War? Here, two hours and twenty eight minutes for that one.
0: Hmm. I didn't realize all those movies were that long. Yeah,
1: that's another reason why I'm never going to watch them.
0: Yeah, Braveheart's two minutes short of three hours.
1: That's. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, the answers with wolves is four hours. So that that okay. That's fair. That's
0: a four hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's a lot. That's a lot. You're really asking a lot, yeah. For a guy like Vince, I mean, he's not—he doesn't watch anything anyway. Um, what are we talking about? I don't even care about this match.
1: <laughs> so I the best I—I I got it. I hope Bobby Lashley just beats him. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be the best part where I Drew could just
0: possibly care. He just I,
1: beats him, and then Drew just doesn't get a title anymore. He goes, yeah. "Oh, all right, well, whatever." And then he gets drafted to SmackDown for the WWE, and then goes after the WWE. They honestly, 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 they might be doing that story. Because Roman needs somebody to face on on, on, on Blue Raw, they may yeah. honestly have Drew McIntyre lose this match, have no more chances, and then just go to SmackDown.
0: I mean, here's the problem with that: you're breaking down WWE booking and applying logic. You're right. To I'm it. so
1: sorry. <laughs> I apologize.
0: And every now and then we fall into that trap yeah. where i doing. You're trying to have a coherent thought and think of something that makes yeah, I'm, sense. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And I don't know what the fuck you think you're doing, pal, but that's not what we do in these w w e previews okay listen i've I've done it too, and you've rightfully called me out, but uh you know you're you're like an addict getting caught on the streets at two in the morning, and I'm pulling you back in the car. I'm like, rich, what are you doing man? Come on man, get in the car. you don't want to do this this is a mistake we 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 Save the situation. No, we we're just gonna forget that that happened. Okay, thank and you. we're gonna move on. And we're gonna move on to the next match.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm glad I checked Twitter because we have a breaking news about this main event here. What? So on WWE Hell in a Cell announced okay. is going to be for the Universal Championship Roman Reigns versus Dominic's father Rey Mysterio. Okay, the head of the table yeah, Roman s- Reigns.
0: They set that up the last couple weeks. Yep. Yeah.
1: I have a uh, tweet here from at WWE. Oh, says, the official account? Yep. Breaking. Blue checkmark. Blue checkmark. Breaking. Rey Mysterio will now challenge WWE Roman Reigns for the universal title Inside a Hell in a Cell tomorrow on SmackDown. What? <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't know.
0: You know what this means. <laughs> I was
1: going to say, I hope that it means that your boy... Quote, yes. Dominic, quote, is going yes. to be, end
0: quote, <laughs> right? is going to be
1: in the main we event of Hell in step the Cell.
0: Like, because Roman we is just going to
1: destroy step. Rey, right? He's just going to absolutely yes. demolish him. It, and Uso is going to come into the ring. He's going to stare at Roman. Roman's going to stare at him. And then An Uso is going to beat up Rey Mysterio, Mysterio, beat him within an inch of his life. And then <laughs> there'll be no other option but, quote, Dominic, end quote.
0: This Which I'm, out so, exactly.
1: I'm so for it. I love it.
0: It's playing out exactly as I thought it would. I mean, I can't remember if I wrote it behind the paywall or said it here. But the ultimate irony, I think it was behind the paywall. Patreon.com slash Voice Wrestling. $10 tier. You get all my tremendous writing. I mean, it, it certainly seemed like to me that... They're building towards Dominic to be the one to take Roman out, which would just be perfect. Like, you can't even be mad at it. Like, it's so completely absurd that that's probably what they're, 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 they're going to do. Or at least put Dominic in that they're going to do a Hell in a Cell Friday, and then they're going to do a Hell in a Cell two days later with Dominic and, and Roman. <laughs>
1: Incredible. I can just see it because, yeah, right. Ray, Ray, they'll, like, slam the door on Ray or a little something to Ray, and then we'll go back. Like, the same segment that they've done 20 times now, we Ray's in the back on the trainer's table going, ah, ah, you know, holding yeah. one of his body yeah. parts. Yeah. And the yeah. fucking the blob of goo, Dominic's going to come to the back and go, dad, do you want me to take the match for you this Sunday at WWE LNSL? Yeah yeah he's gonna go no dominic no you can't do that no (laughs) dad i have to do it for you (laughs) you yes that's how
0: dominic speaks too. he's awful yeah with his dumb with his dumb skinny (laughs) fat body right his his dumb skinny fat body that they have to cover with a full body suit (laughs) because they know he looks horrible like they know he's the least menacing looking pro wrestler like this side of Riho, so they have to cover his whole body in a full body suit because he I I don't think he's ever stepped foot. He's never lifted a weight in his life. And his awful dialogue that he cannot deliver. And his little choppy steps when he runs the ropes. You ever watch Dominic <laughs> yes, run the ropes? He can't run the ropes. His little choppy steps. Because he's not ready.
1: It's not fair to do- like. Yeah. I, you know, people get people get really upset at you when you make fun of Dominic, and and like you should because he's like a push commodity. He's like one of the top stars in, yes. in World Wrestling Entertainment, and he deserves to get ridiculed because of that. But like, I do feel bad for the kid because he's not ready at all. Like he's done nothing. He trained with Lance Storm for like <laughs> a little bit, and it's like he's not ready to be a wrestler, let alone a wrestler that's like the top star of this company. And he's gonna a fucking main event hell in a cell. I love it.
0: He's like the, the second most pushed guy on Fox. <laughs> no, on Fox. On, the, on the Fox network show.
1: TV. I forgot their network
0: TV. And he's, the, and he's the second most pushed guy. Dominic. And he, and he fucking stinks. He's so bad. <laughs> Dominic is so bad at pro wrestling that you just know he's never going to be good. Like, he's one of those oh, people. Oh, yeah, he's got
1: no natural ability whatsoever. He has
0: no chance of being good. He's never going to be good at this. Ever. And he's horrendous right now. He's so bad. Those little choppy steps <laughs> when he runs the ropes. He runs the ropes like Lana. Yeah. He fucking run, he runs the ropes like an untrained celebrity doing a fucking celebrity. He runs the ropes like Jay Leno. Like that, he's horrible. He
1: kind of looks like Jay Leno, too, to be honest.
0: He does. His fucking skinny, fat body. <laughs> no charisma at all. No charisma at all. He's got the charisma of a fucking lamp sitting in the corner of the room with a blown out fucking light bulb. <laughs> yeah, the one that you never
1: at, turn on, the lamp that you're, yeah, you're like, why, why do I have this? I have never. I have a lamp right now. I'm looking at it right now that I've, I haven't turned on in three years. Why do I have that lamp there anymore?
0: Quote, unquote, Dominic is a fucking <laughs> dusty lamp with a blown out you're light right. bulb. That's what he is. That's what he looks like. That's what he wrestles like. He fucking, he cannot deliver dialogue. He is the absolute shits at everything. It, 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 everything that he's asked to do, he's not good at anything. He doesn't have any charisma. It'd be one thing if he had some charisma and he looked the part or something.
1: Or he was he's like a dynamic worker or something like that. Or yeah, you know, anything.
0: So- he's got nothing. He's the shittiest looking major league pro wrestler like that's come down the pike in ages. He looks terrible. He's got that fucking. He's got the, the haircut you had in fourth grade parted on the side. Like he doesn't even there's nothing about him that's cool. He they, you know one thing WWE's good at, they like can make people look cooler because they have that whole fuck he doesn't even look cool. He's a fucking nerd with a terrible physique that they and they know he has a terrible physique, which is they why cover
1: they it cover it up, yeah, because they cover it up.
0: They're embarrassed to put him on TV so <laughs> they put him in a full body suit. He's got a, like just a gangly, fucking lanky body. He moves yeah. around like a fucking like he's unathletic. He's like the last pick in gym class. Like he's awful. He's terrible. He's irredeemably bad. And he's the second most pushed person on <laughs> he's Fox.
1: Top stars in this entire company.
0: Yeah, they. they it's, it, God, and they have a warehouse full of people.
1: The it's best, right? Yeah, all, most of the best wrestlers of the last 15 years are housed in their property, and and yeah, dominated. you know,
0: it fucking, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not Ricochet, even. It's Ricochet like,
1: has to beg people to watch. You know, please watch me on main yeah. event. I'm on main event. It's good. Drew Gulak's got to say, Mustafa I'm on main event Ali. too. It's great. <laughs> please watch it.
0: Against Mustafa Ali, who has gotten over in the past. Like that guy was getting over when he got hurt. Like, you could put anyone in that fucking spot. You have so many people on that roster who would who would benefit from the rub of being Rey Mysterio's tag team partner. And you give it to Dominic. <laughs> He's awful. Put anyone in that spot. You could have put Mustafa Ali or Ricochet or right down the line of people. We're not thinking about forgetting. You give to Rey Mysterio's dorky son who will never be good and never be a star. Ever. And they push Tamina. <laughs> they push Dominic and Tamina. And then they wonder, nobody's buying tickets to the TV. Because you're buying, t- you're spending $300 and paying premium prices. To watch Dominic and Tamina be champions and get pushed—it's terrible.
1: Well, that is World Wrestling Entertainment Hell in a Cell coming up this, uh, this Sunday. Um, we'll see if Dominic gets inserted to in the match. We might have to do a we might have to do an emergency instant reactions. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens on uh, on Sunday with Hell in a Cell. But <laughs> there you go. Jesus Christ. Company. Do we have to watch this?
0: Yes, damn it. You will watch it, you will try your best to enjoy it. <sighs>
1: okay, fine.
0: And you, you will come on here next week. We'll talk about it's Bailey doing the <laughs> laughing spot to Bianca Belair. Right. right,
1: we'll dunk we'll on people about... that told us that Bianca was a star. You know,
0: we'll disappoint. Everybody who wants us to make the Alexa Bliss thing funny somehow, but we won't really. All <laughs> to do is jokes. say,
1: "I don't know." What do you want us to say?
0: What do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then hopefully Dominic, quote unquote, <laughs> is in the Hell in assault match. I'm really hoping for that. Pulling for that. In fact, I hope he beats Roman Reigns. I hope Dominic,
1: you, you know, yeah, wins. one of uh, and Uso can turn on Roman Reigns, finally. Yeah, and say, "My brother Jimmy said." that. <laughs>
0: Yes, they have to remind you, of course. Yeah. You
1: know, like, I'm not doing Every the week. bidding for you and my brother Jimmy anymore. <laughs> like, so, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dominic is your new Every, champion, yeah.
0: Yeah. You have the right hand man and no one and nobody's bitch. Yeah. You have no, right hand man, Uso, and nobody's bitch, Uso. Yeah. Two different Usos. One is submissive and one is a brat. Right. Yes,
1: but see, who's going to turn is going to be the right hand man's going to turn.
0: Sometimes, they, well, last week they swapped roles.
1: Oh, ooh, see, okay, right there yeah. we go.
0: Like the submissive one was angry. See, that's 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 a uh, long-term storytelling, Rich. That's <laughs> that's character fucking advancement. This has been going
1: on. The, the Roman thing's been going on for like well over a year now. I think at this point, right? Why are you
0: I, you're trying to get me wound up? You're no, I know. I'm just
1: saying. Up. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Like as I remember, I remember. Um, I was in Utah, I want to say, when they did. Or no, I guess we're not all the way up to a year yet. But I remember when I heard, oh, my God, you got to watch this Roman Reigns match. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. His first talking match where he just talked the entire time. Yeah. And I remember yeah. the entire ride home. And I'm like, oh, man, like I'm driving home from Utah. I'm like, man, I, got, I can't wait to watch this match. Like people just raving about this thing. And then it was, you know, Roman talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wet fart. Right.
0: It was so overrated. Like and but it hasn't been a year because he came back at uh oh he came back at SummerSlam. It is a year. Yeah, we're getting right? we're close Almost
1: to a yeah. year. We're close to a year. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you know, the talking matches and now the the, the Roman Uso stuff has been going on since like
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: have like since January. It's just. I mean, I wrote. Look, I did a ton of research. I wrote about it behind the paywall. It 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 is not a draw. People will tell you this is the greatest story of all time, and ratings have done nothing but tank. The the more attention they give Roman, the Roman Uso story. If you listen to like reviewers and hardcore fans, you would think that this is the greatest. They tell actually people have literally said this is the best story WWE has ever. told. Oh yeah, they're, they're they, Emmy
1: award. I've I've seen Emmy award winning performances by Jimmy and Jay. Is what yes. someone said. Yeah, just.
0: Yes, but if you look at the facts, the more attention they give the story, the less people that watch SmackDown. That's a fact. $10 tier, patreon.com slash voice It has run viewers off, this story. This alleged greatest story WWE has ever told that has fans enthralled has run viewers off. Straight- Rich, the graph goes straight down. Like it's it's, I was even surprised looking it up. I wasn't expecting the results to be what they were. The graph goes straight fucking down, straight slope. Oh god! Well, there you go.
1: That's Helena. Got a few things to move on to uh, to now. Do you want to do uh, Impact ACH? What what are you thinking? What 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 do you want next? We we probably need to we need to wash ourselves of, of WWE a little bit. Oh, with impact? Yeah, I was going to say. That's a move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, All right. Wrestling okay. stinks. Some wrestling is good, but most wrestling stinks.
0: No, listen, here's the thing 2021 wrestling fucking stinks. I mean, that's kind of a, like, that's just the truth. I mean, wrestling just isn't good right now. Like, AEW is carrying pro wrestling on its back over the last year, year and a half, two years. Okay. And I don't even think AEW is, like, phenomenal. Like, AEW has a lot of flaws. Like, I enjoy Dynamite most weeks. The pay-per-views are spotty. Um, But I don't think Dynamite... I don't think AEW is, like, this great fucking promotion right now. But it's the best thing going by far at the moment. And the rest of wrestling is pretty fucking bad these days. It really is. And... I think if you look at Japanese pro wrestling over the last half decade, even full decade or so, take away New Japan and Japanese pro wrestling has been pretty bad over the last decade or so. I think New Japan being so great has messed that to a large extent, but overall, I don't think pro wrestling has been as bad as it is right now since like 1999. Am I off base?
1: Overall, it's a pretty bad. Yeah, there's there's not. I mean, there's there's little bits and pieces here, there's little matches here and there, there's sometimes little promotions, but yeah, overall, it, it is. Um, it's a chore, it's a chore to watch this stuff right now. A lot That's, of
0: times, it's a fucking chore. Yeah, it's not great, it's the reason why it's you know?
1: as unpopular as it's ever been. So,
0: and the pandemic has a lot to do with it. I mean, it's it's you know, there's there's you know, there's no doubt about it. But I don't think a lot of these places, you know, were on fire before. Look, look. I think the pandemic taking the wind out of the sails of New Japan has been very damaging. It accelerated always, it.
1: Yeah, it accelerated the down. Uh, yes, for all of
0: us. You always had New Japan to fall back on to give you fucking great matches and competence booking, even if I didn't agree with it all the time. And with New Japan being in a real bad way, um, you know, that's kind of like you, you lose that, and really you have dynamite and what else? What else has really been consistently good? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I can you know. <laughs> it's a great way to get us
1: started for Impact. Let's talk. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, okay. Impact world title match that they had on uh, against all odds. So Impact had one of their specials. It wasn't a pay-per-view technically. It was just one of their, you know, Fight TV specials or Impact Plus specials uh, against all odds. You saw uh, most of the show. I only watched the Kenny Omega Moose match. That was the main event. Uh, it was interesting uh, because the rest of the show took place from the whatever Skyway Studio or whatever the hell. Not Skyway Studio. I think that's where. Uh, maybe that's where they're running. I forget where, they, where exactly where they're running. But they're running in some warehouse somewhere in, in, in Nashville. Um, but the main event, Kenny Omega and Moose, took place at Daily's Place. And I was like, oh, okay, Daily's Place. Then they cut to Daily's Place. and It is the darkest, dreariest, most empty Daily's Place I have ever seen in my life. What Did they record this at like 3 a.m.?
0: Are you telling me that TK <laughs> sandbagged the impact? I'm just
1: event? like they they both the guys are in the ring and they're getting ready to announce them. And they're just in a black abyss. There's just nothing. And then I'm like, man. And then you hear like, let's go moose. <laughs> it's like three people being like moose, 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 moose. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. And then so they, they, they a have a um, match. Yeah. And it was good. It, but there was like, I don't know, 20 wrestlers at like 4 a.m. I mean, it was as dark as I've seen Bailey's place.
0: Oh, so they did have the geeks at ringside. They did
1: have some of the geeks at ringside. There was maybe 20 of them or so. Was Kevin Blackwood at uh, ringside? I, I didn't get a good... They, they strategically did not shoot the crowd very often, Joe. to let you know. They uh, stayed away from shooting the crowd. But uh, Was
0: the gun club at ringside in their uh, usual
1: spot? The gun club, I do not... I, you know, honestly, I would say no because there was not the usual gun club enthusiasm at this point.
0: Was the uh, mean girl with the burn book at ringside?
1: <laughs> Is that Diamante? no 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 who's the big girl with the book
0: mean girl with the girl that does the mean girls the the fucking mean girls gimmick with the burn book the little girl that she's almost midget sized what's her name uh (laughs) you're not a regular watcher of dark i am not i don't
1: watch dark as much as, as as other people do no
0: the chat room will get it that that's great having the chat room doing the live shows now because uh as soon as they hear that they're gonna someone's gonna come through and uh and, uh, and, and name the uh, the Mean Girl, which she comes out with the burn book, like the movie "Mean Girls," or uh, uh, that's her gimmick. But I guess you've never seen her because I don't think I a dark watcher. I got
1: nothing for you. I've seen some dark. Um, I, I watch a little bit of dark. I dabble in the dark. I, I don't watch all six hours of every dark, but:
0: Danny Jordan is the uh...
1: Danny I've never heard that name. You could have told me. You could have made up a name, and I, yeah, I've never heard of Danny Jordan. But are you familiar
0: with the movie Mean Girls? I am
1: familiar with the movie Mean Girls. Tina yeah. Fey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lindsay Lohan is in That's the-
0: her gimmick. She comes out with a burn book, ah, that, okay. and she she plants it in the corner, and then she, uh, I think she's like zero and thirty, like is her record. I'm not making that up. <laughs> How like, tall is, like,
1: the, is she though? Because you're saying she's like
0: she. I thought she was a little person, but I did some research, and she's not. She's just really short. She's like four ten or something.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That sounds Danny awesome. Yeah, sounds great.
0: The real mean girl. Yeah, yeah. that's, you know.
1: Sounds like something um, I want to watch every single week. Okay, yeah, sounds good. I don't, I don't know she if she was it. there. I don't know if she was there.
0: I don't think she'd get away with that gimmick, because isn't there going to be some kind of trademark? Violence? I would
1: say, yeah, I would say that that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the IP, whoever owns the IP after. of Mean Girls might, it might, might uh, take some umbrage with the real mean girl carrying around a burn book, so...
0: Was Rochelle Chanel at
1: ringside? <laughs> uh, yes. I'm, I'm just gonna say yes. So you stop asking me who was there. I'm yes. hoping
0: not. She's the worst person they've ever booked. She is so bad. Did you see? Have you ever seen Rochelle Chanel? I
1: have, unfortunately, seen Rochelle Chanel, and yeah, I, um, that was. It's why dark exists is to is you know they're not always gonna work. She was pretty pretty bad, so. Um, Hopefully she never comes back. But.
0: Was VSK at ringside?
1: Uh <laughs> yes.
0: All right. <laughs> so we had some wrestlers at ringside, some were not, for Moose and uh and Kenny Omega and a dark setting. How was the match itself?
1: It was good. I liked the match. I liked it a lot. I thought it was some really, really good back and forth action. Um, Moose, I thought, looked tremendous. And it's not hard to have a good match with Kenny Omega in 2021. And and it was good. It was it was very well worked. Uh, hard hitting, twenty minutes—you know, twenty minutes of it or so, or so. Where we're just like really good back and forth action. Kenny getting some spots in, you know, Moose getting some spots in. Kenny doing heel stuff, and and Moose being, you know, the the, the big athlete and doing big spots and doing that sort of stuff. Moose did a, a a spot where he jumped over the guardrail and tried to take out Kenny Omega, and he. Landed into a row of empty seats, which is a, a not a good visual. It uh, lets you kind of know that there's nobody in this arena as he, you know, is just jumping into a, a random seats or whatever. But it was a really, really cool spot. It showed off his athleticism, and things were getting together. It was a pretty damn good match. And then the Bucks ran in, and the Bucks super kicked Moose. Then they picked up the ref. And then Kenny pinned Moose, and he won one, two, three. Oh. So All right. So the story that they were telling here is that Kenny Omega couldn't put Moose in the One Wing Angel. Moose is too big, too strong. Too big. Too, yeah, and it was a good, a decent story. And honestly, I don't hate the way that they did the story because what happens is the Bucks come in, they super kick Moose, and then they help Kenny lift Moose onto his shoulders. That that I don't hate that story because it's not a bad idea. It's the problem is we've seen a thousand run ins and ten. You know what I mean? Like we've seen so much stuff with this, and and it just it it made Moose kind of look. It kept him strong in a sense. But, I don't know, I just didn't, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted, because I like the way they did it, and I want to say in a vacuum it was a good finish, but I'm also just really fucking sick of guys running in, particularly the Bucks and, 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 and Kenny Omega matches, guys running in, hitting stuff, pin, and then, you know, the, the ref gets awakened at the right time to count the one two, three. We've done a lot of that in AEW, we've done a lot of that in Impact Wrestling, and I think they're overdoing it to a tremendous degree. So, it sucks, because this would have been a good time to do this type of finish, but it hurts because, it, it, you know, they do it every single week. All these yeah. companies, every single week, yeah. a thousand yeah. times a week, you have these exact same finishes happening instead of, of just holding it for a moment like this when it would have worked. Where Kenny realizes, fuck, I can't lift this guy. The Bucks come in to help him lift the guy and then that's how he gets the win. That keeps moves strong. That's a good way to do it. The problem, though, is that, yeah, we just see this shit every single week on every single show. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I didn't see the match. Can't comment.
1: And now uh, I don't know who's left. You know, the, the, the classic who's left thing. They're, they're now transitioning into a Sammy Callahan angle here because Sammy came out uh, to save Moose afterwards, and they did a, a big old schmaz here where, where Sammy's out there. And then what happened was um, then uh, Don Callis said, Sammy, you're fired. And then Scott DeMorris said, you can't do that. And then he chased Don, Don Callis through the entrance ramp.
0: So. Yeah, they're doing a Twitter angle now, too. Yeah. So yeah
1: wrestling (laughs) wrestling
0: that'll be next um was the emperor at ringside the
1: emperor yes
0: the emperor yes (laughs) i
1: don't know who that is but yes
0: how about ryzen was ryzen
1: uh ryzen Ryzen was not there
0: oh how about will all (laughs) day
1: uh will all day was definitely there yes
0: how about this guy Rich, that's Tony Donati's music. This oh, was Tony Donati
1: I, I don't know if he was or not. I don't know. I don't know if Tony Donati was there, unfortunately. I'm sorry. This is a jam. That's a pretty good song. Yeah, is Tony Donati what I think he is?
0: Say what you're thinking, Rich. What do you think? Uh,
1: is he a stereotypical Italian fella? Maybe. Okay.
0: What would make you think that Tony Donati is <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know why I would think that. Yeah, you're right. Now, you I'm start get...
0: watching Dark, you would be intimately familiar with it. I them. know.
1: I, 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 watched, I, was, I was watching Dark for a while. I have kind of fallen off on Dark. I need to get back into it. So. You know
0: who hasn't been on Dark in a while? Jersey Muscle. I miss Jersey Muscle. Shockingly rich, also stereotypical iconic. <laughs> Jersey
1: muscle? Okay, yeah. Yes. Well, I don't want to say any more because then uh, 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 Vinny Massaro is going to get in our mentions and get mad at me. So I don't. Uh... What
0: about me? I don't like this Italian American discrimination that you perpetrate on this true. show. That's true. Okay.
1: <laughs> it means more coming from Vinny Massaro, a man who played a character where he just ate pizza all the time. <laughs> You know right. what I mean? I just love it.
0: Right. Yeah. The irony.
1: is. Yeah, fair. exactly. Yeah, I, I love it. I hope yeah. I, I know that he's another yeah. joke to it. It just makes it just because it pops out of nowhere. I just look at her mentions and all of a sudden I see, you know, the that's anti-Italian yes. <laughs> discrimination. The <laughs> screenshot from Vinny Massaro. And I love it. Yeah.
0: But his entire gimmick was I eat slices. Yes, I, I
1: am, am Italian. Italian. <laughs> this <is gimmick>. Yes. <laughs> he wore a. Uh, uh the wife beater and stained uh, wife, the stained wife and he, beater and just ate beats all day. So. And
0: literally ate slices of pizza. <laughs> Which is a great court.
1: gimmick if you can get great work if you can get it. So
0: right. Um <laughs> You did so the rest of this show. I
1: didn't see any of the I can't do Empty Arena Impact anymore. So
0: I, I can't really jo- do
1: Empty Arena anything anymore. I've 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 really reached my, my wits end with uh with, with warehouse wrestling, but go on.
0: I watched um Joe Doring versus Satoshi Kojima.
1: Oh, that's and, right. That was on this show. Oh, I do need to watch that. Okay.
0: Doring looked good. I mean, we were a little worried about Joe Doring. Remember?
1: Oh, he looked horrible. Uh, yeah. He looked horrible a few years ago. And they looked this good here. They,
0: they had a good, hard hitting, intense match. The one thing that blew me away is I knew Doring was a bigger guy than Kojima. I didn't realize how much bigger. Joe Doring towered over Satoshi Kojima and was just as wide because Kojima's a thick guy. But he looked legitimately small next to Joe Doring. If Joe Doring walked into New Japan, I think he'd like be bigger than Okada. Like, well, I he's, think a,
1: he's, isn't he legit like 6'4, six, 6'5? Six,
0: you don't realize how big he
1: is. He's yeah, I think huge he's huge. Man. Yeah.
0: He's an enormous man. And, uh, Dor- they put Doring over Kojima, which, uh, was a little, sur- I guess New Japan doesn't give a shit. Kojima's like 50. But, um, I was a little surprised by that, I guess. But, uh, they had a good little, you know, Five six minute match, whatever it was, hard hitting. Um, and during one, the only other thing on the undercard, because we'll move on, I want to talk about W Morrissey <laughs> for a minute. Um, he's actually looked pretty good. Like I've been impressed.
1: So he's got w. himself in tremendous shape, right?
0: He is in tremendous shape, W Morrissey, and
1: it's a terrible name, Jesus Christ! It's an awful this name. Is the, it's like, this it, is the former big cast, by the way.
0: Yeah, and I guess. They couldn't just call him Morrissey because there might be
1: some issues. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. Some
0: confusion there. Um, I, I They could, they weren't just going to call him William, I guess, or Bill. Can you just call a guy Bill? <laughs> Bill?
1: I like it more as Bill. I like Bill more than W. I mean, Morrissey. Well,
0: look at it this way. One of the most badass wrestlers on the planet is, is called Walter. So why can't you just call a guy Bill? Do it in all caps? Yeah, right. Anything?
1: Big Bill. Right? He could just be Big Bill. Yeah.
0: Right. But W. Morrissey? (laughs) What kind of name is that? W. Morrissey. Um, But he's looked good. He's in tremendous shape. He looks great. Um, He's working to his size. And I know that sometimes is code for boring, but it's not. Like he's had good matches with Willie Mack. He wrestled Rich Swan on this show. And he's doing what he's asked. And he looks impressive. And if he keeps his head on straight, And he stays on this path. This is a nice little redemption story, I think, both as a person and as a wrestler. Because he really hit the bottom of the barrel there for a while after he got cut. And um, he really looks like he has his shit together. So I did want to mention that too. But I don't really have any other thoughts about the undercard. and, And obviously, I didn't see the main event.
1: There you go i would definitely I, I would recommend watching the main event because I think it's it, it was one of moose's best matches, and, and it's another kind of feather in in, in Kenny's cap so uh, i I would watch it if you get a chance, but uh, yeah, I un- understand that the finish is gonna come a little deflating, I think for you so
0: I'm encouraged by Doring because I really thought that they were hiding him early on in the run, like there must be something wrong with him because he wasn't he you know they weren't letting him wrestle or he was wrestling in short bursts, but uh he really he looked good here I mean. Hard to say vintage Joe Doring, because we're used to seeing him in 20, 25 minute all Japan main events and stuff. I don't know if he could do that, but he was in good shape here and he wrestled a good match against Kojima. I could tell you too that in Impact on TV, they were doing the Jake something Rohit Raju feud, which is also was happening in AAW at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're not given a ton of time and it's a prelim feud and all that, but but um you know th- their work in both promotions at the same time has been has been pretty good.
1: They got they so. have a, Impact's got a sneaky good roster right now. They really do, and I think <clears throat> whenever they're ready to to move on from Kenny and and, and have somebody beat Kenny, uh, there's a lot that can open up in this in this card. Because yeah, if, if Doring can go and you add Doring to Sammy... McH- I I don't really care about Sammy Callihan one way or another. But he's fine. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. You know you got Callahan, you got Doring, you have. You know, in, in terms of the the smaller guys, the X-Division guys, Ace Austin is good. Chris Bay is good. Petey Williams looks great. Rohit Raju, I think you could do whatever you need with that guy. Trey Miguel, good. W. Morrissey, as you're saying, has, has impressed so far. That's another roster guy. Rick, Rich Swan, who, who is, you know, tremendous and, 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 and can do anything. And then, yeah, it really, like, you know, it moves on even more. If, like, yeah, Moose you, you have there. Uh, Josh Alexander, who's tremendous as well. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good guys on that roster. It's um, it's 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 an interesting even the Steve Macklin thing I've I've watched some of that stuff uh, and he he seems like a, a a guy to you know keep an eye on at least in that roster so I'm interested.
0: Got to get it in front of fans though. Yeah. Gotta, oh, the warehouse
1: uh, thing has got to stop. We're I'm we're done. So with the
0: tired of it. It's just yeah. Got to get it in front of fans. But.
1: All right, now let's move on to uh, well we'll we'll hit we'll hit this guy real quick and then we'll talk uh, uh, AEW uh, as well because I watched the uh, Crush and Destroy show from uh, from this past weekend. Uh, ACH announces his retirement. Uh, he says on Instagram, quote, no need for dramatic or emotional wordplay. As of today, I will officially step away from professional wrestling. Thank you all for the love and support. Uh, ACH obviously has not appeared in, in New Japan or MLW for quite a while. Uh, his last match, if this is indeed his last match, uh, ironically, I attended live. It was against Davey Vega at AEW a few months back. So there you go.
0: One of his best friends in real life. How yeah. was the match?
1: Mm-hmm. Probably drove together. <laughs> Probably drove up to the show together. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. So I don't know if that was his retirement. I don't know if this is it for ACH. I don't know what's going on. But Joe, what do you make of it?
0: Well, I haven't talked to anybody. Um, do have some mutual friends, but I haven't really talked to anyone about it. But so this is just my personal opinion. But I put it in the same category as Leo Rush and Kylie Ray. I don't buy for one second that he's wrestled his last match. Yeah, I'm
1: with you. He'll be back.
0: It's pro wrestling. This, you know, he and again, I put him in the same category of the you know same conversation we had last week he may really believe that he's never going to wrestle again i don't doubt that i don't think he's attention seeking i don't think he's you know um do, you know uh, just just out there trying to do a gimmick or uh looking for sympathy I, I i believe he genuinely probably thinks that he doesn't want to do this anymore but i just don't buy it you know he's like 30 31 or he might he's be 33 older, he's 33. 33 yeah he's
1: around the same age yeah.
0: as me but still, prime of his career, prime of his life, and um, you know, it's it's what he's great at, and it's hard to stay away. I'm gonna say the same things I said when I talked about Leo Rush. It's hard to stay away from something when it's what you are great at, and he is gr- a great pro wrestler,
1: right? And something that you can immediately make money on. You know what I mean? Yes. All you have to do is say, "Hey, I'm open for business," and he's gonna make you know X amount of That's dollars shit, in, of in 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 one weekend cause it's. I don't ACH. know what he's
0: doing. Yeah, I mean he. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's happier right now punching the the time clock somewhere and good for him if he is. But there might come a day where he's tired of punching that clock and he can think to himself, you know what? I can work weekends, make as much as I'm making now, maybe get the itch to go back to Japan. Maybe, you know, promoters send out some feelers. And that's what happens in these situations. And then, you know, these people, when they're super talented like that, they find, you know, wrestling has a way of finding you again. and and. Um, You know, selfishly, I would like him not to be retired. I think he's a tremendous talent. I thought he was doing some of the best work of his career during his uh, uh, comeback here, uh, especially on the indies where he changed up his style a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I I would hate this to be the end. But, you know, I don't take most pro wrestling retirements seriously. So, um, you know, I think we'll see him back.
1: I, I tend to think so as well, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the, the allure is, is is hard to get away from, and and it, you can like you said, even if you're punching that clock, there's you know a guy that we can mention here who who's fully back on the comeback trail, Davy Richards. For a long time, was like you know what, hey, I want to be an EMT, I want to get away from wrestling, but yeah, I'll I'll do Impact, and he did Impact for like three or four years because basically they said, hey, we're doing all of our tapings on these weekends. He took those weekends off, did the tapings, did his wrestling thing, and then went back and did his normal job. It was the best of both worlds. And then he eventually yeah. said, Ah, you know what? I'm gonna go I'm I'm done with wrestling, I'm going full EMT, I'm going full, you know, paramedic, I'm doing all that. I'm I'm just gonna be that for now. That's what I am now. That lasted what two years? Two, four yeah. years, two and a half full years. Now he's a fucking wrestler yeah. again. Because it's
0: it's like, you know. Because he's great at it and he loves it.
1: Yeah. It's 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 hard. Yeah, and and maybe ACH doesn't love it anymore. I mean that that's very possible for him.
0: Very possible. For him. Very I mean, possible. He, given
1: what he's gone through, I absolutely get that this man doesn't love it anymore. But I think when you're so good at something and, and, and you're still pretty young, um I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's cool in his normal life and he can just say, fuck it. I don't need wrestling anymore. And we never see him in again. But yeah, like you said, selfishly, I do hope that he gets that itch and and comes back because I I like watching him wrestle and he's tremendous. So speaking
0: of Davey Richards, I knew someone was going to book Davey Richards versus Jordan Oliver. I fucking knew
1: it. (laughs) Who did that? Who did that? I don't think I actually saw the actual VSX
0: VSX gross. You knew they were going to do it. Like we know of three Davy matches right now. Austin Aries on that Tennessee Indy, which I don't think that's going to hit tape. And I
1: would—you <laughs> need to get your ass there. You got to get there.
0: I unironically would love to watch Austin Aries wrestle Davy Richards. I mean that, it, you know, if they—if they look, Davy, we know is motivated, and we know he's going to try hard. If Austin Aries is motivated and gives a shit about that booking, that's going to be a great match.
1: Yeah, I can tell you right now the match is going to be awesome because what's going to happen is the bell's going to ring. They're going to bounce against the ropes. They're going to shoulder block. They're going to bounce against the ropes. They're going to do a shoulder block. One guy's going to roll outside of the ring. Austin Aries is going to do a suicide dive, take out Davey Richards, run back in the ring, do another suicide dive, run back in, try another one. Davy's going to stand up, uppercut him, toss him out of the ring, and then Davey's going to do a suicide dive, right? It sounds
0: awesome already. It sounds incredible, right? yeah. If, seriously though and
1: like, then davy's gonna go into the 18th row doing a suicide dive and then flip at the last second and fall into the you know the crowd and it's gonna be awesome
0: as soon as those guys hit the ropes they the people in that crowd are gonna know that they are a thousand times better than anybody else on that show yeah. and i don't even know who's on the show i don't care who's on the show <laughs> because who on the indies is better than those two guys nobody um so you know but i knew that the davy richards match was gonna get booked before the Daniel Garcia match, which is the one that I want. I want it badly. Um, I keep putting it into the universe, but nobody's booking it. Um, So we're getting the Jordan Oliver match in VSX. We're getting the fucking Con match in St. Louis Anarchy, another match that I would have never booked uh, with that Everett Connors, who I I also don't think is any good, and I can't stand the gimmick. Um, But it's like these promotions, I'll defend them for a second, even though I hate these matchups. And it's like we know of three Davy matches, I hate two of them. Okay? Um, but I'm going to defend it because Jordan Oliver is a pushed guy in that VSX promotion. Everett Connors is a pushed guy in St. Louis. So they're doing matches that they think are going to be good for business. You know what I mean? So I understand it from that standpoint. They think, okay, we're going to put Davian. Me and you are booking matches that we want to see because we think they're cool matches. Okay. You don't always have the right kind of guys to do that kind of match with. And plus, if Everett Connors is big in St. Louis, then I could see why you'd make that match. If, right, if right, right. Jordan Oliver is, is a pushed guy, and I think, isn't he their champion? Because
1: uh, VXS, yes, I'm most positive he is. Yeah.
0: Or, or whatever that, yeah, or he was their champion. Like they push him. So to them, that is the Davy Dream match because he's their like, Jordan Oliver is their pushed guy. But I don't have any interest in these matches. I just don't because I don't think they're good style fits for Davy Richards. Um, I don't really like those wrestlers to begin with. Um they wrestled each other at WrestleMania weekend. It was atrocious. Uh Connors and Oliver. Um now the Aries matched them into. Oh, we have a fourth Davey Richards match. Uh it just came
1: through today. He won a title last weekend though, right? Uh he did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um well, I'm talking about matches uh moving forward that we know are booked. Um he has a fourth match. Hold on, I'll pull it up for you. It's happened on it's happening on that uh that Texas uh show in July where all the indies are coming together. Um I don't know if you even know about that. It's um, the Texas Indie Showcase on July 31st in Houston. There's like nine promotions oh, yeah, coming yeah, yeah, in.
1: Oh, yeah, like New Texas and a bunch of those guys running it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, New Texas. So Davey Richards is going to be facing the New Texas champion, whoever that may be, because there's oh, a title match. I do know about this match. match.
1: And this one looks awesome. Whoever it is, I think it's going to be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, Mysterious, <laughs> Q, Mysterious Q and Brian Keith. Are having a match on June 26th for the title, and Davy Richards will face whoever that winner is on 7:31 at the Texas Indy Showcase. So um, that should be a good match either way. No matter who wins that, that yeah, should be. Yeah, I'm
1: match. into that. That sounds awesome.
0: Um, and I will go to that show. I will go to that show on July 31st. I think that's going to be. A big time indie show down here. That's kind of like the Texas. I know Texas has been running shows, but that this is kind of like Texas saying, "Okay, the,
1: indie, the Texas yeah, indies are back. Again. Yeah,
0: we're back." You know, and Texas is doing pretty good with the vaccinations, and and uh, they're you know they're running full house events for all kinds of stuff. So this is kind of Texas saying, uh, "Indie wrestling is back," and I think it's an important show. It's a show I'm going to go to. We'll talk about it here probably, and we're off to a good start with a match like that. So, um, whoever's listening, Davey versus Daniel Garcia, book it
1: free, free advice.
0: I think you're going to get it in Chicago.
1: That warrior wrestling there, they've been, they've been hinting around it. They've been hinting around it. So they
0: follow us. They listen to us. They put together matches like that. Those are two guys that they normally would book. I think you're going to get it. I in think Chicago. So too. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're getting it.
1: Or if they don't, AEW should. Either one, but yeah, I, th- I think I think Warriors going to get them and they're going to do did it. Did Davey
0: but. burn that bridge? Did we talk about that? Or? Um,
1: I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find. I out. think it could be unburnt. I think it could be unburnt.
0: You gotta. That's all I'll say. I, I, I can see you
1: getting unburnt. So, uh, well, speaking of AEW, I'll, I'll quickly go over uh, their Crush and Destroy show from uh, this last uh, weekend. I did not go to the show live, but I uh, was able to watch it on uh, Fight TV, and I could say. Uh, a good show again from AEW, Another good kind of solid show. Uh, nothing of that like super super stands out. They're just like a very well booked promotion at this point. Like everything makes sense. Everybody's got a, a purpose and a reason, and and everyone's kind of moving up in a certain ladder. And there's a hierarchy and all that stuff that kind of works out pretty well. Uh, but I will tell you though, Joe, you and everybody listening need to watch Josh Alexander versus Matt Fitchett. This was on AEW, AEW Crush and Destroy June eleventh. 2021 It is available on fight tv i'm i'm, I'm uh, sure it'll be available on AAW on demand pretty soon uh, i think in another week or so go out of your way to watch josh alexander versus Matt Fitchett. it's a match that i know you'll love and i know most of our listeners will love it's a time limit draw so i'm giving it away there it is a time limit draw but it will not matter that's the time limit draw i'm spoiling it now it will not matter because you will still enjoy the fuck out of this match two dudes that just go out there and beat the hell out of one another for 20 minutes good spots smart spots smart wrestling Everything's crisp. Everything's hard hitting. It's just, it's awesome, awesome pro wrestling from these guys. Josh Alexander, Matt Fitchett, two like severely underrated guys too. And we talk about like you know greats on the indies or you know we never mention Matt Fitchett ever, and it's not fair because he's great, he's tremendous, and we always let him go. And Josh Alexander's a guy I think because he comes and goes due to you know some reasons beyond his control. I think we forget to mention him when we talk about top indie dudes but he's fucking tremendous too. And if he can stay and things don't go wrong, I mean, this could be a huge year for him. And it already has been a a very, very big year for him too. So Josh Alexander, uh, versus Matt Fitcher from AEW crush and destroy. Watch that. Watch it.
0: He, um, he's having a big year, Alexander. We have a guy in our Twitter mentions all the time who constantly brings up that Josh Alexander's having a top five year in pro wrestling because he asked about that, um, a couple months ago. And I told him no, and so he every time Josh Alexander has a decent match, he brings it <laughs> uh-huh. up. Um, I still don't think he's one of the top five wrestlers in the world. I still think that's a little strong. But he is. The having world's a, great a little year. much.
1: But he's he's America. He's he might be in the mix there in terms of America. So
0: yeah, but he's definitely having a great year. And um, you know, I think he's AEW bound at some point. That's nothing I know or that I've heard. It's just my gut. I think Impact and the year he's having is a good stepping stone for that. And um, I think he's more than likely on their radar and he'd be a perfect fit for them. And um, it, yeah, he's he's really having a fantastic year and deserves all of the, uh, the praise that he's getting.
1: Yeah, we well, had a hit a very uh, conspicuously uh, 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 written out tweets that he uh, replied to me talking about uh, Alexander versus Fitchett and watching it. And he said, book me. While you still can, was his tweet. So. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Which might just be him, you know, kind of you know pumping it up. But yeah, no, there, there's no doubt that at some point this guy is going to get picked up by somebody. So there you go. Uh, as far as other stuff on this show that I would definitely recommend, Fred Yehi versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, that was, yeah, Daniel Garcia was a replacement. Uh, Freddie AI is awesome in AEW. I mean, he's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Just tremendous in this. I mean, his character work is awesome. His promos in this company are awesome. And then he goes out there and he just has great wrestling matches. This match, you know, you you if you didn't know anything about Daniel Garcia, you probably might not think that this guy is like, you know, any great shakes. Because he, he wasn't tremendous in this match, but I thought he was pretty damn good. Uh, and if you understand Daniel Garcia and you understand his his entire character and his, the way he works or whatever, it worked for that as well. And it, it, it clearly was the beginning of what hopefully is Daniel Garcia many, many runs in uh, AEW as well, because they kind of had him as the you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed new guy to AEW. That's kind of how it worked. As Freddie high kind of you know systematically you know, destroyed him or whatever. But um, it's good. It, it's it's definitely going out of your way to watch that uh, if you can. So that was good stuff. And then uh, yeah, that was about that was in terms of stuff I could really recommend from the show. You also had Mance Warner and Jake Something in the main event, kind of walking brawly. And I got real no time for walking brawls anymore. Uh, you had an AEW tag team title match. It was Infamy versus the Second Gear Crew. Uh, one called Manners and Matthew Justice. These guys had a match at the last AEW show that I went to, and this was almost exactly the same, where they're just brawling outside and stuff. And I, 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 again, I don't need any more walking brawls, but they did it pretty well. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but uh, yeah, Allison K versus Ali Catch was uh, was was decent. Uh, Chris Statlander versus Highon was decent, uh, and then just some other kind of story matches throughout the the show as well. But but definitely a well worth your watch. Real good indie wrestling, well booked, well produced. You know, not much more you can say about AEW right now. So,
0: how did AJZ look?
1: Uh, AJZ, he looked okay. He, uh, it was more of a, they, they were mostly promoting Shaft in this one. It was mostly Shaft kind of beating had him a down. Big push. Yeah. It went Schaff- longer than you would think. It went about nine minutes. So, it was a little bit of back and forth where AJZ got a few like hope spots, but it was mostly Shaft just kind of very slowly, you know, destroying his prey more than anything.
0: Well, Shaft should be beating that guy at this point. Um, so, I don't have any problem with the result. I was just curious how AJZ looked. He's looked uh, – he had a match against, I want to say, it was either – I think it was Clark Connors on New Japan Strong. Either Connors or Coughlin. I think it was Connors. It was Connors. And uh, he looked excellent in that match. But Shaft is a guy they're pushing. He beat Calvin Tankman on a live. Um, he won a squash against somebody on, uh, on a live a few weeks before that. So I think they're doing like the undefeated gimmick with Shaft. Mm-hmm. Didn't- mm-hmm. He beat
1: uh. Well, at the show that I went to, he we just came out and beat both guys and stacked them up and pinned them and stuff. So yeah, they're they're clearly doing something. Take with him. prisoners, they're, right? Take yeah, prisoners. yeah, yeah. And they got they have a lot of big dudes in AEW right now. It's very interesting. They 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 have found some pipeline of like large men because there's just a bunch of dude. So it's cool. You have like your you have your high flyer guys. You have your guys that are are you know pretty decent and, and can. You know, can can bounce around the ring and do all that sort of stuff, but they also have a, a real big, a good stable. They got you know that the the big dude, fucking Russ Jones, just a monster of a man. Russ Jones, he's out there. The Rush, love, love the Russ
0: Jones. Love the Russ Jones. Yeah, you
1: got Shaft, who's doing kind of a similar thing. They got a bunch of big yeah. dudes, which is is interesting. I like it.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. There's there's a the the roster is very very much varied right now in aaw yeah they've got a lot of different things they've got they're trying out a guys. lot of things right
1: now they're, they're, there's they a are. bunch of dudes that are coming that you've never seen before that you're seeing for the first time yeah, that, yeah and, and that's cool that it makes it fun and exciting because you're kind of watching their growth and the cool thing about aaw is you know oh well this is going to matter like what's going on right now with this guy this matters this is part of the story so it it makes it even that much more interesting yeah all right then our final topic here which we will not get into too much because uh, we have a little bit of a plug-a-rooski to do here but utami Hayashita versus Siri. Siri, I think is how you pronounce it. Someone's going to correct uh, correct me, I'm sure. From Stardom, uh, this match has gotten a ton of publicity, Joe. We've had a review on our website. They gave it high marks. It was Alex that did it. We had Scott Edwards that did an entire piece about this. Dave Meltzer put it over. Brian Alvarez put it over. It has gotten a ton of buzz over the last week, this Utami versus Siri match from Stardom. Uh match guide rating right now 9.55 uh is for the world of stardom uh title match. Utami coming into the match with the title. Um Joe, you have now seen this match. Yes. But you're not gonna review it on this episode, are you?
0: I will not comment on the match publicly. Patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Look at you. Look at you. Um $10 tier. I already wrote the review. It's going to be in my next batch of um. Of, uh, of, of five match reviews. I do match reviews in batches of five. Uh, I wrote uh, f- nearly 400 words on it. Uh, the other matches that will be in that review are Filthy Tom Lawler versus Chris Dickinson for the New Japan Strong Openweight title from a few weeks ago, and the uh, TJP versus Kevin Knight New Japan Strong match from two weeks ago. And uh, also this match from Stardom and then two other matches to be determined. will be the next batch of reviews. But I'm not going to comment on it publicly. Uh, I wrote an extensive review. Um, it's getting incredible praise everywhere. Ma- uh, Cage match is at 9.55. Um, Grapple earlier today was at 4.63. Uh, Rich Krejci, what did you give this match?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I so I was four and a half on it. Uh, I saw a lot of fives. I can't go five all the way. I didn't think it was that that good. I didn't think it was five star good, but it's fucking tremendous. I, I thought I thought it was really really good stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of matches that get recommended to us. There's a lot of Joshi matches that get recommended to us, and we watch. I watch more than people think of them. I just. I always feel bad because people are like, "Oh, Rich, you're gonna love this match." And then I watch it, and I don't think it's very good. And then I decide ah, I don't really want to come on here and just just publicly bury this match and say. But there's a few that I'll watch here and there, and there's a few that I've enjoyed. And this was one. This is probably the the, the modern Joshi match that I've enjoyed the most of any I've seen in the last few years. I mean, I thought this was really hard hitting, really good work. I thought the story of the the you know the time limit draw you know leading into the extension of the match into the double TKO it goes 43 minutes as well i mean it's just and it never stops going it's just boom 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 hard hit hard hit hard hit like just a really believable fight as well and you get that with Siri who, who's a former uh, like UFC fighter like a legit UFC fighter like an, a legit MMA fighter uh, and Utami can 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 go as well so uh, i like that it was a l- way more hard hitting than than i anticipated uh, and and I thought they did a tremendous job filling the first part of the match, filling up to the the, the time limit draw, and then filling the last half of the match, which was just really really good. You know, limb work, really strong work. You know, violent at times, but 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 still, you know, graceful enough without you know in that violence. So I thought it was tremendous. Like it, it it's it's cool to see a match like this get as much publicity as it is, and uh, this is one that's definitely gonna pop up on our match of the year at the end of the year. Uh, and Definitely one if you if you get a chance, go out of your way to watch it. And if I'm Stardom. If I was running stardom, if I was somebody in the, you know that knew anything about you know promoting pro wrestling, this thing gets on our YouTube page as soon as possible. I mean, you gotta you, you gotta capitalize on this. I mean, there's very, very few times that you get this sort of buzz for a match that that that's only available on pay-per-view or only available on paywalls and only available on this sort of stuff. I know that they probably want to sell pay-per-views and I know they want to do this, but they have English language. Just upload that thing to YouTube. You know what I mean? Capitalize on this and and, and sell the hell out of all your other stuff. But God, this thing's got to go up on YouTube. People, you got to capitalize on this buzz. That's all I would say about Stardom for that. So anyway, Patreon.com/slash/voiceofwrestling Joe. We'll uh, we'll we'll touch on it there. Um, You have said though, this is the teaser to to to, uh, that. I I don't know if you publicly declared this on on Twitter or this was just in Discord or or or, or I I think it was on Discord. uh, wrestling.com slash discord You said if this one doesn't work for you, if this match doesn't work for you, you are done getting modern joshi recommendations is that correct
0: yeah this is the last chance saloon i okay. mean I'm told to watch so much of this stuff and it never i'm not saying it's always terrible but it's always it never lands the way people say it's going to land um so this match is and i've already watched it and i already know what i think of it but yeah this is it because you know i've been told that this is finally the one that'll be my kind of match. And, and okay, fine. But this is it. I'm not taking these wrecks anymore. If, if the, uh, I, 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 okay, I'll throw people. You want me to throw people one crumb?
1: I'll throw I'll them a th- little crumb. Yeah, yeah. Give, give them a little taste. Give them a little taste. Patreon.com slash voice And This is going to be on the $1 tier as well. We should note.
0: Oh, yeah, I am going to put. Yeah, normally my writing is on the $10 tier. I'm going to put this review on the $1 tier on the trial tier. Uh, so you can basically read it for free. When it when it hits. And by the time a lot of people listen to this show, it'll probably be up already. So I yeah, I am gonna put this batch of reviews on the uh on the $1 trial tier. I'll give you one crumb for this match. I will say this about the match. I've never seen either of these people wrestle in my life. I probably haven't watched a of match since EO Shirai was there. Um, so I came in completely blind. And this is gonna sound like a weird comment, but as soon as they locked up, I knew within the first 15 seconds of the match that I liked both of these wrestlers more than any Joshi wrestler that has ever appeared in AEW. Interesting.
1: Interesting. How's that for a number? Yeah, I like it. That's, that's, yeah. I, I see, I, I, I get what you're putting down there for sure. I understand yeah, what you're saying. As there.
0: soon as they locked up, I was like, okay, this is not Riho. Right. Now, does that mean I like the match? You got to read and find out. Right, that's,
1: that's a one minute in. So <laughs> that's, you know, 13 seconds in, Joe's in. Is he in for another 42 minutes and 35 seconds? We'll I, was able
0: to, I was able to buy both of these women immediately. As, okay, these are physical threats. Right. They're not out there in their little skirts doing the idle stuff. These
1: No, these are badasses, yeah.
0: Yes, and I picked up on that energy as soon as they locked up. Now, what happened for the other 51 minutes? The review will be out
1: soon. There you go. So I enjoyed it. Uh, If you get a chance, I I would recommend going to check it out. I would recommend also uh, on our website, as I said, uh, we have the review of the actual show itself. And then we have an entire piece about this from Scott Edwards, who I think if you're just jumping in, you have no idea who these two people are. You've no clue. I think Scott does a tremendous job of, of, of laying down the groundwork of, of why you should care about this one, why you should care about this woman, why you should care about this match, and then what actually happened in the match and what kind of comes from the match as well. So if you're if you're just diving in and you say, hey, this sounds kind of interesting, I want to check it out. I cannot recommend enough going in and reading that thing at Voices of Wrestling.com from Scott Edwards. It gives you all the background, all the reasons why you should care about the match, and then you can actually watch the match itself. So you can watch it and then you can decide. Whether you're like me, or whether you're like Joe, or whether you're like anybody else in the world. But a lot of people really, really love this match. We'll see what Joe thinks when, it's, when it comes out. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. $1 uh, tier for that one. But I enjoyed it. Scott enjoyed it. The cage match inmates have enjoyed it. Grapple has enjoyed it. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The, the big question here. And this will be the final the final straw for Joe if this match doesn't deliver. So there you go. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Also, I should mention Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. The beginning of the Slammiversary synopsis. I'm going through... Each and every Slammiversary main event, I just got done with Slammiversary 2005, that episode is out, that match is awesome, and it's TNA, so we have so much to talk about. Just in that episode alone, we have Jeff and Jerry Jarrett doing a power play to try to scoop up power, and then they're maybe just going to break away and start their own company. We have... TNA meeting with Spike and WGN They're basically locked up with WGN We're going to have a Monday night time slot That doesn't work out Spike says no we're not ready yet You have to wait until WWE is done And then TNA has to go without TV for you know Six or eight months or whatever So there is a lot going on Jeff Jeff Jarrett bows out of the King of the Mountain match Because he doesn't want to lose in his own uh, title match Jeff Hardy no-shows it's just incredible. So yeah, just it's TNA. There'll be a lot to talk about, and we'll talk about the matches as well. A lot of stuff that I've never seen before. Uh, a lot of people that I know, listeners, have not seen before as well. So we're going to go through Slam Anniversary main events uh, and VOW Retro for the next uh, next month or so. So they got a lot to look forward to at the Patreon.com slash Voice Wrestling. That is a Joe. That is a tremendous value if I don't say so myself. So,
0: so much content back there. We need to put another tier. Yeah,
1: we're we're so dumb. We're so dumb. So.
0: Do you want these uh, RevPro Tag League blocks, and then we can wrap this yeah, up? Yeah, let's go. Yeah,
1: let's finish that up. Yeah, give me those.
0: We got a couple minutes, right? Or yeah, did we didn't.
1: Did we uh, we got like yeah, we got a minute. We got a minute or two. Go ahead.
0: I'll just give you the block. So uh, two blocks, uh, four teams each for this RevPro. They're calling it the Great British Tag League. Okay, this is going to happen in front of crowds. So they're going to spread these matches out. Oh, on, so we, we
1: are in front of crowds. Back in fact, ref
0: pro is back in front of okay. crowds. At first, it's going to be socially distanced, kind of like early American indie wrestling when it first came back, where it was socially distanced and all that. And, and then as the, you know, they're just going to go with where, where the laws take them as far as how many people they could let in and whatnot. But these will all be in front of uh, paying fans. Here's your a block. Connor Mills and uh, Michael Oku. Lycos, okay. Lycos and Lycos 2. Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs, these are two of the new guys that Progress are pushing as well.
1: Okay, I was going to say, I have no idea who these guys are.
0: (laughs) I can tell you that they are technically sound but have zero charisma. Okay, They are young. They don't know how to carry themselves in the ring yet. They don't have any charisma, but they can can wrestle. They're just technically sound young guys who don't uh, have any kind of crowd connection or anything like that yet. And then the final team is uh, Robbie K. and Dean Allmark. That is your A block. Over in the B block, we've got the Legion team, led by Lord Gideon Gray of Screwface Ahmed and Lucian Phillips. And then we've got uh, Joel Redman and Charlie Sterling, Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper.
1: Okay. Ooh, okay.
0: And my favorite team in the field, J.J. Gale and Callum Newman.
1: Oh, that's a good little team.
0: Looking forward to to that
1: team. Yeah, that's a good team. Yeah, none none of those really light me on. Uh, you know, none, none really light me up. But that's uh, that JJ Gallum. um, that, that that one's good. That's a good ass team right there. Yeah,
0: Galen Newman. I mean, you know, I would I I would like to see their match against Redmond and Sterling for sure. Um, Mambo doesn't do a ton for me, but I'm looking forward to TK Cooper getting back in the mix, and uh, the A Block's not bad with Mills and Oku and. The Light Ghost guys, the, uh, the, the, the progress team of Allen and Jacobs. I'm calling them the progress team because that's what they've been wrestling lately. You'll see what I mean about them. They're a little dry, but there's something there with them. And I think Robbie Kay and Dean Allmark are a solid team, too. So a little uh, tag league action for Rev Pro. We had a minute or two to go. So yeah, yeah. They,
1: they've been good. They've been good over the last year. So I, I'll definitely check that out. So I, I, I've fallen off from them because what have they even been doing over the last few months? I have not. they watched just them
0: been for... wrapping up the tape shows. Okay. That's all. So um, I'm a couple behind. We were keeping up, but then we fell behind. So we stopped on the show talking about them. And I'm still a couple behind. But I'm going to knock those out, hopefully, in the next week or so.
1: To get ready for this. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably do the same as well. So maybe we can we can catch up on Rev Pro and talk about them in a few, uh, few weeks here. No, so.
0: Nothing from Osprey yet in terms of what he's going to do about uh, the title and whatnot. So no word from him yet. I think they said the first live show, he's going to make a statement. So he'll be there with the belt and make a statement in terms of you know what he's going to do as far as you know whether he's going to vacate the title or you know whatever's gonna happen with that.
1: So there you go. That's Ref Pro and that is the Voices Wrestling Flagship Podcast. So again, patreon.com slash voices wrestling slammiversary synopsis Joe's review of Utami versus Siri one dollar tier uh, Thursday tier reviews coming back very soon once they finally go back to Wednesdays and stop running these shows on Fridays but plenty of other stuff going on uh, at patreon.com slash voice all of our content available at the $10 tier $5 tier gets you bonus audio $1 tier gets you some of those uh, some uh, a little sampling, a little taste and it gives you the written reviews uh, this week as well so plenty of other stuff and actually, it actually gets you that first episode of the Slammiversary Synopsis so if you get $1 tier man you're getting, two, you're getting an hour of my audio and your reviews for a dollar? what are we doing? That's dumb. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch that. No, never mind. Anyway, that's it for us. So, at Voices of Wrestling on Twitter, VoicesofWrestling.com slash Discord. Of course, I want to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Promo code Voice... Uh, sorry, promo code Flagship. Sorry, gets you uh, 20% off plus free shipping. So, that's it for us. So, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast.